I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Now here I go once again with the L flow. Other MCs, they rap the style of so-so. Five Dog was never the type that ever lacked skills. I just stay true to my roots and then I get ill. 20 years of age, but yet I still seek knowledge. And this year was so called my senior year in college. Hey, welcome to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. And uh, we're back. Mm-hmm. no uh no feedback today just a regular regular ass show guys um, mm-hmm. for people that are into that thing still um you know obviously it's the blackout tips podcast you can find us at the blackout tips.com uh you can find us on itunes stitcher podomatic um a ton of places where y'all can go and, and check us out man we appreciate everybody that takes the time out to do that shit because mm-hmm. uh that's what keeps the show going mm-hmm. um today's show um is actually sponsored guys um it's double sponsored uh sponsored Woo! by tweakedaudio.com go to tweakedaudio.com right now put in the code tbgwt when you check out and you get 33 percent off of your in-ear earbud headphones guys you know the discreet kind that you can listen to at your desk uh, they have all kinds of different prices uh i think starting at like 13 14 and going all the way up to like 40 dollars and some change and stuff um mm-hmm. They have different colors, uh, different types. They even have the, uh, kind that you can use to answer your phone and, mm-hmm. and talk to on the mic, you know, for some of you guys who exercise or work out or you use your, you know, use your phone to listen to, to music and you don't want to, you know, have to unplug your headset. Boom. You got it right there. Um, so just, um, make sure you guys check that out. You get 33% off when you put in the code TBGWT. You also get free shipping and every pair comes with a lifetime warranty. Don't you want a lifetime warranty on your shit? More shit should come with a lifetime warranty, am I right? Right, Claire. I would like a lot of shit that outlives me. Things wear and tear and break down, and, you know, a lot of times it's like, you know, a lot of people's warranties are bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh. We'll cover you until you walk out the front door. Right, exactly. Oh, did you <laughs> actually use these headphones as headphones? Yeah, that's not covered Mm-mm. in the warranty. Yeah. But, uh. Did you actually sit on the couch that I'm calling you for insurance for? If you did, um, I can't give you this insurance because it's already out the warranty. Right. But wouldn't you love to be able to just send your stuff back in, get a new pair, uh, no additional charge to you? Well, go ahead and do that, man. Uh, go to tweakedaudio.com, use code TBGWT. Um, also, we are sponsored by Adam and Eve. Mm hmm. The sexy, sexy sponsor. So let me see if sexy, I can find sexy. some sexy, uh, sexy, sexy music. Hey. That's what you sing when you get that box. Fellas and ladies, are you looking to spice things up in your bedroom? Have you been fantasizing about leaving the one you're with? Yes. And getting with a new vibrator or some type of pleasure device? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only, you can get 50% off of just about any item. And all you have to do, it's really simple, guys, is put in the code TBGWT at checkout. But that's not all that you get. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No come with it. In addition to... Your one item and half off. You also get three free adult DVD for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift that is so sensual, I can't even tell you what it is. And to top it all off, they even throw in free shipping on your entire order. I think you should get the headphones so you can listen to the DVDs that come with this 
you know quietly into your own ears it'd be like your own personal sex show and yeah. get 50 <laughs> off of this item and that's not all guys you get the free shipping mm-hmm. um the three dvds all that stuff free extra central gift just put in the code tbgwt when you go check out that's tbgwt at adamandeve.com all right got plenty of stuff that's happened um the official weapon of the show is the taser an unofficial sport is bullet ball and bullet ball extreme mm-hmm. um so since last we took last week off um mm-hmm. which is funny because i think i announced it on the feet no on the uh, uh premium show and not on the regular show oh so that's why most people say hey hey nigga um uh, well, i ain't know nothing about this yeah i got a lot of uh hey are y'all off and i was like i swore i said this um, but of course some people were also just behind on the show mm-hmm. and they like to keep a backlog of the show. Cause I had people that said like, I only see five episodes in my queue. And I'm like, <laughs> well, that's because we took the week off and it's like, Oh, and I'm like, but nigga, you got five episodes. Just what? Just <laughs> it, listen to those. It don't, don't, mm, mm. they don't them, care. No, they like, look, I stay 10 episodes behind always. If if that changes, I know something wrong. That's why we always get hit up with old ass news and shit on Twitter. <laughs> it's like good to see my nigga Justin back. I'm like that was a month ago. <laughs> yep, but that that don't matter. It's on time for them. Yeah, no doubt. Listen how you listen, man. We appreciate y'all just for listening. Um, uh, but yeah, we took a week off, man. Just a mental break, you know. Need to you got to recharge the battery sometimes, you know. Uh, we knew we were gonna be doing a lot of traveling. Yeah. uh the, that weekend and it was gonna be really difficult to get a show off so it was yes. like you know what i remember last time we did all that traveling came back and did a show i was fucking exhausted mm-hmm. for the whole week mm-hmm. so we just uh took some you know took a couple of days off here and there um and uh it was fun man the first it couple of days like because i always worry when we're not doing the show because i'm like we're missing current events yeah <laughs> you know i have something to say about this um and i saved some of those stories some of those stories i just go ah eh, you know it wasn't as big a deal as i thought at the time yeah um but it's really funny because this is one of the first times where we were off and then like i started looking forward to not having to do the show you know yeah. like I, I would be like tuesday i'd be like i can go to a movie yes in the middle of the week i don't have to do a show today Mm-mm. you know what i mean like oh you know what i'm gonna go play basketball twice oh you know <laughs> that big time balling i'm gonna treat myself and go out to dinner <laughs> yes you know what i was like i was like you know what i'm tired so fuck it i'm gonna go sleep at seven o'clock and wake up at 6 a.m the next goddamn morning right and can't nobody do shit about it nobody can say anything Mm-mm. except where's the show on twitter right <laughs> that's right and damn it i'm asleep so i don't see it but uh yeah we just need a little break man and um we appreciate the people that you know did miss us and and yes. gave us shout outs and stuff and we still ended up doing some guest appearances on other shows and stuff yes, we so did. make sure you guys always subscribe to the blackouttest.com mm-hmm. just go to the blackouttest.com look on the right you can put your email in and subscribe and you can see when we do like guest appearances and stuff you know uh we had some cool things happen last week um uh i got to like call in to keith and the girl like they asked they had an issue they wanted to talk about and i got to be like ask a black dude paul mooney and call in and be like this is what i think about the racial <laughs> stuff that y'all talking about i'm black and i'm an expert and it was fun to hear yeah it was cool man it was uh you know i was super like excited about that just because uh we look up to them so much so yes. like that shit was just super cool um you know obviously ages of shield cast um 
was uh it was it was awesome to do that man because uh i'm really enjoying that show and i've never been on a show where we talk about the the show weekly you know what i mean yeah like i've been i've been involved in things where it's like oh i saw this movie and we'll talk about it in a week or two or i saw Mm -hmm. this and we'll talk we'll review that but i've never been like oh yeah uh i just watched this thing and this is how i feel about it yeah completely different feeling yeah so that was cool um i posted the episode where we were on what's the tea a couple weeks ago with uh with uh, nick Nick and reggie um karen was on where's my 40 acres pop pop so we you know we stayed doing shit i went on cinema fix and argued about thor the dark world um so even when we were off you know people still had content that followed the website so if you did feel like where are rod and karen uh that would be a good way to catch up man get you some extra rod and karen in um what else i want to say uh i guess we can go ahead and just talk about some of our our week off right um for people that follow us on twitter um a lot of people probably saw yeah facebook a lot of people probably saw saturday no yeah saturday morning saturday ish um that we posted a picture and in this picture is of course karen and i uh but there's also a friend of the show uh friend chris lambert comedian Mm -hmm. um there's also uh chris hardwick of the nerdist podcast the yeah one of the number like one two or three podcasts on itunes and stitcher and shit the uh host also of the talking dead and yeah and talking bad and at midnight uh a dude that's like prolifically um just working just hard grinding that motherfucker be grinding yes every week you're like this dude on another show yes um but yeah he you know so uh he was in the picture with us and fonte from little brother was in the picture with us too um Mm -hmm. so you know that was crazy because if you know one if you know anything about um about me you know i i love little brother um and fonte is one of my favorite rappers um so like it was crazy that he was even there right Mm -hmm um number two that we got a picture with him uh and all that stuff and if if you know anything about the minstrel show which is you know to me a classic hip-hop album mm-hmm. chris harwick did the like he hosted the minstrel show so it was really weird seeing chris harwick and fonte from little brother in the same like spot like you know yeah 10 years after this classic album um mm-hmm. you know it's like watching hip-hop history for me you know yes uh, i was like oh shit you know this is, i remember when both of y'all worked together right but uh anyway how all this happened like uh we told you guys on the show we were going to see chris lambert mm-hmm. perform well he performed in like durham so for people that don't really know much about north carolina that's about three hours away from here driving mm-hmm so uh we hit the road on um, friday yeah we did balls deep uh for our premium people that's how you know we love you i clear we could have been like, napping yeah we was like balls deep and as soon as roger was chopping it up i was like okay let's pack we gotta do this this what do we need all right we gotta hit the road yeah i could have been um i was up at five in the a.m so yeah i i could had a real like decision moment like should i just take a nap and be rested for this drive mm-hmm. or should i uh tough it out and do the show and, and head out 
and uh we did the show because yep, uh we, that's what people want yeah we both was up i think rod got up at five something i was up at six something we was just up like it was yeah, yeah up and moving so uh you know we do balls deep um with justin and stuff and uh karen packs like we're going uh to <laughs> africa on a safari <laughs> it's, it's a one day overnight trip y'all she's like i'm gonna put seven shirts in here i was like why are we planning on getting stranded and was this gonna turn to gilligan's island like there's no need to pack this much shit i, I that's just that i have it because i'm like it's crazy because i'm like you know what what happened if we get rained or what have we get wet? what have we had to change clothes i was like what happened <laughs> i had to take all our shit back i was like take all this shit out I was, I he was like we ain't gone for three weeks right she's like what if i have to wrap my hair in rollers and <laughs> yes. i'm like you're never even gonna take that out the plastic <laughs> you're just making shit heavier to carry that's all you're doing um but uh you know she packed a whole lot of shit um and uh so we head out on the road and like i want to say we get the show starts at like eight mm-hmm. and of course this is charlotte uh, even though we're leaving in the middle, living in, leaving in the middle yeah. of the day, mm-hmm. the, they decided to do some construct, oh, construction mm-hmm. on the never ending construction road, road in 85. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't even know. It's, it's almost like people that do construction have to fuck up traffic so we know they have a job. Yeah. You know, cause it's like the middle of the day and Nothing's they're like, happening. let's take a four lane highway down to one yes and it was funny though we were going we was moving 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 and all of a sudden we got up up 85 up towards concord and all of a sudden traffic all these red lights i was like what the fuck is going on yeah it was not red lights like red lights oh like, no i mean red lights the, like the back of the yeah, cars brake, brake, brake lights. lights i'm sorry brake lights yeah it was a lot of stop and go man and so all of a sudden like we would have made good time and probably got there at, say 6 30 try to take a power nap head out to see chris instead we get that at like seven yep uh to check in or whatever um and uh like you know we check in at the hotel and, it, and we went on priceline.com free free advertising for you motherfuckers mm-hmm. um but uh it was uh like we actually got a really good deal on a hotel room yes That's, apparently did. that commercial isn't bullshit no it's not yeah it was a nice hotel um had a kitchen mm, had, it had a full kitchen with pots and pans, pans in it and shit and, and cups and knives and i was surprised I, you know i've never had a room with like a kitchen mm-hmm. so i was like yeah i got a kitchen i was like i bet you ain't gonna be shitting here to you i was open that shit i was like oh shit like if i would have really came prepared we could have cooked a meal mm-hmm. yeah man it was dope man so um it was uh right by crabtree mall or whatever it was a really really fancy ass hotel room for us you know we don't really you know do a lot of yeah traveling I'm, I'm, or, I'm pretty sure know, this is this is kind of low life for you know yeah. compared to how some it wasn't balling but this yeah. is balling to me it wasn't the honeymoon suite but uh mm-hmm. had was, a coffee pot i don't even drink coffee mm-hmm. yeah well all of them have coffee pots but oh um it was it was shit like you know full-size refrigerator and dishwasher and shit i was like i didn't know you could do that um in a hotel room and you know uh that was pretty dope um so then we uh you know i tried to sleep for like 30 minutes i barely could sleep mm-hmm. um and we had out to go see chris uh perform in durham well everybody was telling us like don't stay in durham yeah like we was like yeah the show's in durham don't stay in durham nigga i'm trying i clear they was Mm-mm. Yeah, you're gonna die. Like, don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they scared us from staying there. Yeah, it was like Carrie's mother and shit. They're gonna see your dirty pillows. They're all gonna laugh at you. 
I, so I was know, like, okay, right? I'll stay out of Durham. Yeah, Raleigh was actually cheaper than Durham too. But uh, we, yeah, we went to Raleigh. Uh, but apparently, Durham's been gentrified a bit. Yes, it has. So we could have stayed in Durham. It looked fine. Like yeah, all the white folks were there, but it was real safe. Yeah, police was around and shit. I was like, I guess it's not as black anymore. Mm-mm. Um, white people must have came and took this shit over. Um, the good side of gentrification nobody ever talks about. Nope. But uh, we were there, man, and uh, so we, you know, we we get to the show and. We had a weird time finding parking, but we got, so we get, we were a couple minutes late and, you know, since it's a white stand up show, it started on time. So. Yeah, yeah, it did. It, uh, also, uh, we found out that Comic Con was in town. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we actually seen the girl outside. Looked like she was like Batgirl walking around the yeah, outfit yeah. at like seven o'clock at night. Yeah, with a cape and shit. Um, but yeah, we go in. And we're like a couple minutes late, like we're probably like eight oh five when we got there. And Chris is already a couple minutes into a set, so you know we we're kind of—I was kind of upset that we missed any of it. Yes. Um, but uh, we got there, and he was um, like uh, doing uh, actually a joke that he talked about on the show about mm-hmm. the twelve years of slave and uh, the watermelon uh, watermelon juice. Um, and it was man like uh, it rolled. Over it's so like when I walked there. in, like the first thing I noticed is that from what i could see it's like us and maybe two other black people in the entire Whole crowd yeah so you know and if you know chris's act like it's really good and he's not a quote-unquote race guy but he's not mm. scared to make jokes that might have some racial basis to it yes and i kept thinking like is this crowd gonna get all uptight and liberal and squeamish and not laugh at his obvious funny jokes because it's about race or something like that mm-hmm um and chris killed it man um, yes the mood of the crowd was great like i couldn't explain it but like i and a lot of them probably was for the comic-con group uh, but mm. everybody was just it was just a happy happy crowd and i like and enjoy crowds like that because it was one of those things where people really laughed and they really enjoyed chris yeah and chris isn't a he's not doing nerd jokes no. or anything which you know mm-hmm. if you guys know chris harwick is a lot of nerd references a lot yeah. of stuff like that like uh and i think maybe that's why chris likes chris lambert chris harwick probably likes lambert opening for him because they're not similar quote unquote yeah so because sometimes what what i've noticed with comedians they'll just get a shitty opener and that way when when they take the stage people are like oh thank god the real comedy is here Oh, versus getting somebody that may have a different type of different genre of jokes. Yeah, and I prefer prefer this method where it's like, this person is good, but we do a different brand of comedy. And is you know, and and you can still enjoy both times as an audience member as as opposed to when you're just like looking at your watch, like when is this guy's ten minutes gonna be up, right? Yes, because we've been like that before. It's all this dude is terrible. So Chris is like, you know, uh, and he's going over well. Like the audience is like really having some good laughs, Mm, man. mm. He did the. uh, he did the 12 years of slave joke that he said on our show um yes which was uh fucking fantastic it um, was you know you brought up this joke about autism and stuff and mm-hmm. it, it's like you know those are touchy subjects that i think a lot of times people are like oh i'm scared to laugh you know um but he did such a great job man the audience was just dying um and uh yeah so he was killing it man like uh no offense to, to harwick but like his set was to me like was almost like it was di- very very different and we'll very, describe how yeah, we're gonna say very but, different but it was like uh people were laughing as hard if not harder than when Harwick comes on stage like yes people had a good time, time. 
and uh you know shout out to chris harwood for giving somebody a chance because like i said a lot of dudes it seems like they get so like oh my ego is you know i don't want anybody really laughing at anybody until i get on stage you know yeah, he's not like that he's yeah. like hey i'm good you good let's tour together and that was cool as shit mm-hmm. um so but yeah chris like killed it man um uh and and it's a theater too you know so it's a bigger different type of atmosphere, atmosphere. you can't really necessarily see everybody's faces it's not as intimate Mm-mm. um you know maybe you don't even know how you're doing on stage because the sound coming at you is different than the sound you're sending out true uh but man he was good like mm-hmm. just like i was yeah if it, y'all get a chance to see him please do it felt like uh a parent must feel when they go to a kid's recital yeah to a certain extent and like because i was nervous for chris and then halfway through i'm just enjoying it and then after that i'm just rooting for him like yeah chris you killing these motherfuckers like get them you know (laughs) um play your violin third string boy yeah he was he was he was destroying that shit man um and then harwick came out and he does like 45 minutes to an hour Mm -hmm. and his stand-up is like completely Completely different. different but it like, was enjoyable yeah like i have never seen a comedian do as much crowd work as this like me, me even either. like dl hewley and shit not like this like this motherfucker at one point was like eight rows back like he walked into <laughs> the rows of the theater yes and was asking like where are you from what do you do and uh da-da-da-da. like he you know like it started with a couple people it was like he make a joke in his act and then be like hey where are you from what do you guys do and kind of make a riff off of that you know and you know, if you know anything about stand up and crowd work, it can get kind of dicey because sometimes uh, motherfuckers don't give you anything to work, work with. with. You know, like one dude, he said, where you from? Dude was like, New Jersey. He said, what do you do? He's like, nothing. You know, shit like that was like, yeah, indeed. you know. He, he joked off of that. And also he was uh, referencing uh, crowd like uh, I think one of the, uh, the people in there was like under 18 or 18. So mm-hmm. he started picking at the parents. And every time he would like tell a dirty joke or a dick joke, he always go back and reference the parents. Somebody, y'all okay with this? Y'all cool with this? Right. But uh, it was very good, man. Like the way he did the crowd work. Um, and, you know, obviously he had all the nerve references and yes. some good stories and stuff, man. Um and you know the audience was cool too because it was all kind of like a nerdy outcast kind of audience that obviously like listens to his podcast and watches shows Shows. um which is a good environment to see a comedian in where it's like people that want to laugh at him and know and understand his humor yes versus you coming in cold and they looking at you like who the hell are you yeah and we were sitting on the edge of the row um and we was like maybe third or fourth row back and he starts coming down and like i say he's working like all the way into the sixth and eighth row basically and i thought he was gonna ask me what i did because he was asking everybody on the edge what they did <laughs> and i'm sitting up here like you know what uh like i'm talking to myself because i'm like what if he's gonna ask me you <laughs> i know? got scared i was like i don't know if i want you to ask me right i was like because if you ask me you know I was, first i was like don't ask me don't even come over here please don't ask me <laughs> yeah, that's what just i was saying i was saying please go ask me oh i just want to watch the show bro i came to see chris lambert and uh and then like, what I, happened to somebody recognize me but then he got closer and i was like i started psyching myself up like no, nah, fuck it, nigga. You a podcaster? He gonna be like, God damn, you a podcaster too, nigga? I'm be like, yes, I make some money off this podcast, dog. Um, so I was like, yeah, be proud of your shit, dog. Um, you know, this would be a good advertising. You know, like that's how I was thinking. Like I'm gonna be like the blackout tips, motherfucker. Everybody's be like, what blackout tips? Let me put that in my iPhone right now. Um, but uh, but 
and you know and there's like a big ass spotlight that's following him around yeah so, like, that's what's making me nervous like i was like oh shit is that light getting closer yeah the spotlight got was like because he was talking to the dude right in front of me and the spotlight was on me then he started talking to the dude right behind me and spotlight was on me then he went two rows back and that was where the other black couple was yeah and i was like oh shit okay so he gonna so he didn't skip me because i'm black uh, <laughs> that's true I was yeah like, rick ross being made it scared him off yeah maybe he was like this big ass nigga gonna do something but uh so he was uh he was like where are you from what do you do to this other to the black dude and he was like um he's like where you from what's your name he said fonte and he said where you from and he was like um you know when salem he's like what do you do he said well i'm a musician slash rapper you know um and he was like wait a minute fonte he didn't even recognize Fonte from little brother he's like yeah man he's like oh man i i did your album you know and they started like having this little reunion right there and that was cool that was really cool like i'm like oh shit Fonte. so i went on twitter and because that was the other thing he didn't really seem to care about people pulling their phones out Mm-mm. um because i don't think he really does a quote-unquote set act like that yeah like he has some standard go-to jokes but so much his comedy is spontaneous and yeah like so, riffing that you don't like so, you, it probably wouldn't matter if you put it on the internet because what the fuck he's not gonna do that tomorrow no he's not um Some people was like recording taking pictures it was mm-hmm. a cool experience so he uh pulls out so so like he you know they start talking and everybody pulls out their cameras taking pictures, pictures. of them and stuff mm-hmm. like that and i pulled out my phone and i was tweeting i was like hey dog i'm only two rows away from fonte from little brother almost famous you know <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, he, uh, so then Chris Harwood, like, goes back on, on the stage and, like, finishes his set and stuff and, uh, you know, it's really good and wraps up and gets out of there. Um, and he, uh, so Chris Lambert, who invited us, is like, you know, he told us, like, hey, maybe afterwards go get something to eat, eat. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, I get out of our row so, cause we're on the end so that people can go, like, walk around us and go, you know, get out the door go i go back a couple you know to the clearing area and then uh we wait like i'm like should we wait out front or wait in here and it's like oh we probably should wait in here they'll probably come back out mm-hmm. so we go um back towards our seat and we see like chris lambert has come out and he's talking to fonte and uh i, I don't i'm not i wasn't sure if it was his wife or his girl it was um, his girl okay he was talking to his girl um uh, fonte and his girl and so i was like uh you know just chilling or whatever and i see chris talking to him i'm like okay that's chris lambert let's go over there and like hey what's up and all this stuff and chris is real friendly and nice man um it's cool meeting him um for the first time it's weird that i've talked to that dude so many times Times. we're already friends already discussed so much shit but you know it's like your first time really getting to talk and see somebody in person so uh that was cool um and then he introduced us to fonte and his lady and that was cool mm-hmm. and he was like uh fonte i don't know if you uh heard of them but uh ryder karen they host a podcast called the blackout tips so uh, and fonte was like oh yeah i heard of them yes i, I look like nigga what yeah and I, <laughs> like for a second i felt like oh shit my one of my favorite rappers done heard the show nigga 
Yeah, I, 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 like I, we kind of famous. Like we, it's not because we don't harass. We don't be like, hey, famous nigga, his, listen to the podcast, nigga. Like, what you know? Uh, I know you got Gordon Gautreaux radio, but you need to be fucking with the blackout. Tips. Like, we're not a contra. Like, we don't try to create controversy. We don't stalk people down. Like, no, you know, like fuck with you. You know, trying to get them to listen. We don't like go on the air and try to like get our fans to harass motherfuckers and we you know we want so-and-so on the show hit them on twitter and tell them to do the show like Mm -mm. this is one of that right we just try to do a quality show consistently and put in good work and you hope that you know it'll reach out to people and then when you want people on the show we email we try to be professional you know it's it's never really any um uh and and then we respect people that you know they might not want to listen to the show or they might you know whatever be like yeah whatever the yeah case may be. we never take that personally nope uh but part of the trade-off of that is when we do the show we do the show like is me and karen in the room we do the show like yeah like nobody ever gonna listen right because i feel like you're not being honest if you don't like if that's you, the truth too now like i don't want to make the show uh political and i don't mean political like politics but i mean mm. Like, I don't want to make us do a show where it's like, yo, man, I would talk about what they said on beating the block, but, you know, I'm scared that they're going to be blah, blah, blah. Like, I want to be able to be like, yeah, I listen to beating the block and this is my opinion. This is a good show. And it it made me think about this. Yeah. I heard this album and I thought about this when I heard this album. I watched this movie and I felt this way. I don't because, you know, I I, I don't want to do the show and be like. I saw a Tyler Perry movie, guys, and I'm just going to refrain from commenting on it because one day Tyler Perry might hear the show. Like, no, nah, I want to be like, uh, that shit was terrible, nigga. I didn't like it uh, or, or whatever. I loved it. and blah, blah, blah. I want to be able to say that. Um, so that's the trade-off. But he was like, yeah, I heard the show, man. And for like 0.75 seconds, my heart swole with pride. And I looked at Karen. <laughs> and me and Karen exchanged eyes like, oh, my God, it's working you know, this nigga has really heard the show. This is crazy. I was shocked. And then he said, uh, yeah, y'all kind of went in on me for Charity Stars at Home. And then it felt like the whole world stopped. <laughs> you know, it felt, I was like, I was thinking, is he going to cuss us out? Yeah, it felt like the needle scratched. Because I was like, you know, because in my mind, I'm thinking like most of the time we talked, when we talked about Little Brother, uh, when we played that music before the show, we play, um, you know, different, different songs and stuff. Um, li- honestly, that morning, I played It's Too Late for Us to Start Our, um, to Start Balls Deep. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I couldn't, for some reason, for like a week and a half, I have not been able to get that song out of my brain. Like, I just, I have to, and I'm trying to listen to it to help it, like, go away. <laughs> Cause it's infectious, but every time I sit down, I'll just be sitting in there, like, watching the game, and then I'll just be like, God damn it. <laughs> Let me go try to play it. Um, so, uh, you know, he was like, yeah, y'all kind of went in on me for charity stars at home. Y'all was saying I was bitter and I hate women. And I don't even remember saying he hate women, but I do remember saying that the album sounded kind of like bitter, angry. like he was angry. And as much as I like Fonte, I didn't want to hear Fonte go through like anger and heartbreak and sadness. Cause, uh, you know, he's, he's, it's kind of like Tupac where Tupac is a good emotional, uh, conveyor of emotion. Yes. So like, when you listen to an angry Tupac song, you be angry too. You yes. listen to a sad one, you be sad. sad too. Right. So it was like, I listened to this album and you know, Fonte was like 
on some real shit where it's like look nigga family ain't what it's all cracked up to be people look at it and they say it's nice but if y'all knew what it cost me would y'all really you know be so congratulatory or mm-hmm. you know um ball and chain where it's like i got a wife i'm trying to do the right thing i'm trying not to fuck with these chicks but these chicks do be out here and i ain't blind you know and you kind of have that like i don't know man like i I know these are real feelings a lot of dudes have all the time but i don't want to hear fonte do it because it's so like it it make you feel like man yeah life is hard dog you know i mean people do think you got it made and really if they knew all your issues they wouldn't say that you know um and it was only a couple songs on there like that but you know we talked about it with chris lambert and shit in detail and 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 the the thing about mm -hmm. it is that uh, like before the pre-show or our normal show, normal shows, we played the minstrel show, and every time we played, somebody was like, "I've never heard that before." Right. And what was that creeping? I kept hearing that name. It's cheating. Oh, see, I even oh. said it. It's cheating. I kept calling it creeping all motherfucking weekend long. <laughs> but um, and it's one of those things where, um, we play his music, we love his music, we constantly talk about his music, and it's funny though because he was like, uh black twitter i guess because it's just black people everywhere he was mm-hmm. like i've seen people tweet y'all on the timeline he was like i started he was like i eventually was going to get to it he said but then i had people hit me up time y'all was talking about me right and he said that's what made me turn around and listen to the show nobody ever hit the app button when we was playing we was in here singing cheating Mm-mm. nobody ever hit the app button when we was talking about you know how i was talking about music during during my college years and uh you know how little brother was influential yeah no but uh, nobody hit him up we was talking all the positive stuff right. yeah everybody was like oh they talking shit about you nigga at, yeah. at, at reply niggas like drama but uh so they hit him up and was like hey they talking about you dog so um and he was like you know um uh yeah y'all y'all went in i'm kind of hard blah 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 and now i'm like at a loss because uh we're backstage waiting for chris harwick to come out yes talking to chris lambert and i'm like uh it's like if you met michael jordan and then michael jordan was like yeah but on twitter you was talking about my jeans yeah <laughs> you, know, you know what i'm saying well you like what but mike you you know you're like the best, you're the best of all time like brother. yeah, yeah. I, I wore your your clothes and your shoes growing up man and like i'm a big fan but but you know i had i got these jokes off um but that was just jokes you know um so we kind of were at a crossroads where you can either like i think uh maybe a less scrupulous person you could back down and be like oh nigga them was jokes i ain't mean it or you could be like yeah i said it but i'm still a big fan right Mm -hmm. so i opted for yeah i said it i'm still a big fan and just hope that he don't be mad true which is what we did man like i was just like yeah um you know that's how i felt about the album maybe i had to go listen to it again yeah. but you know i was you know i felt like it was you know some 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 anger there and you had been through some things and i don't feel you know and for the record we never called it whack we mm-hmm. never called we never said we never questioned his rap skill no, we never called him out his name yeah mm-hmm. like it wasn't no disrespectful like nope. new, new york radio style shit where like this bitch ass nigga trying to do some whack shit like None it wasn't like that like mm-hmm. it was just like nah i fuck with that artist i don't know if i fuck with that album it's like that's how some, true how some people might feel about 808 and heartbreaks right so um i was like you know i, I all right well you know uh we did say that 
but uh we love your music uh um, yeah, i was like we play it all the time I, you know i had to let him know look we play it all the time we love you we love your music we love the yeah. brother like why we gotta bring up old shit bro uh so what you working on and uh there's a foreign exchange coming out soon right i think i read that somewhere um and uh we actually were able to like get along like well like mm-hmm. surprisingly well man like he uh i think the first thing that really like loosened up everything was uh we we're talking about dave Chappelle and shit and then mm-hmm. he brought up um um the uh chris lambert brought up the interview that dave Chappelle did on with james lipton on the inside the acting studio mm-hmm. and uh apparently james lipton used to be a pimp and i uh, didn't know that that was all i need to know man that um, white dude with the glasses yeah dog and uh carrie you were there at the conversation how did you yeah. not pick this up <laughs> are you serious were you not listening <laughs> i was listening that's a- and i know that's the dude but it but it was like all of a sudden i'm picturing him like i go mm. that's the dude then i was like yeah that's that white dude with the glasses and i i was like i can kind of see it uh he could have been one of the pimps in willie dynamite and yes. uh fonte knew some quotes from willie dynamite and i said man this is turned out to be everything i hoped it would be yes and, and, and that the, moment uh, is very few people on this planet that can quote willie dynamite, dynamite. line for line and very i was few. like if this nigga can quote it it's no way we can't be friends dog it's impossible yeah that and, and the fact that uh that nigga said nigga like we say nigga and mm-hmm. i was like okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's true all around the white folks yeah they, they, yeah they didn't care yeah it was awesome man um so we had a good little conversation and then chris chris harwick comes out the room and uh chris lambert introduces us all to him and uh you know him and, and fonte kind of talk about you know what they've been working on mm-hmm. and how how they've like things have changed you know in, like 10 years since that album's been out and all this stuff and i'm just sitting here like uh like it's like watching uh if michael jordan was talking to um i don't know craig hodges or some shit you just you just gotta sit back and watch it like look at this hip-hop <laughs> hip-hop history and i'm here i'm here to wait i feel like far as gump like this yes. is, look i'm seeing people collaborate from hip-hop history that one of my favorite albums you know i, I wanted them to go into the skits and you know <laughs> yes. that is coming home you know i just wanted to do all that shit um uh you know person miracles ladies and gentlemen um but <laughs> but uh so they so they you know they kind of like have like a, a brief little reunion they talking and stuff about all the work they're doing and stuff and um you know and then chris lambert introduced us to chris harwick mm-hmm. where i'm like oh shit yes podcast king chris harwick is shaking my hand right now nigga yes roger gave me talk to him about how he podcasts for a living yeah and all that stuff he's like yeah where y'all from what do y'all do and i was like charlotte you know i um you know we host a podcast uh full time that's how long we were doing yeah it. it's like how long y'all been doing i was like like five years like oh then y'all monetize it and i was like yeah man we monetize how'd y'all monetize it and i'm like you know uh we got these premium subscriptions dog you know black people be paying for shit sometimes um mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and uh it was cool because like he looked kind of impressed yes you know he was what like, I, mean? I never thought about that and uh then we, we were talking to fonte a little more and fonte was like i want to come on the podcast and get my reckoning and defend my album Mm -hmm. and i i said of course that's like the best possible case of this like who the fuck is that egotistical that they would be like no nigga you can't come defend yourself 
I gave my opinion, and that's the only one that matters. Artists who wrote the shit. Like, of course you can come on. Yes. Please. And y'all know what? I felt all grown and professional. I pulled out them business cards you paid for, nigga. Mm-hmm. She gave him a business card. I was like, oh, shit, I do got business card. You know, it's like one of them things where you do your thing, and you know you got a business, but, like, most of the time in my world, I don't really get to be in a position where I'm actually promoting the business. Mm -hmm. So to me, I literally forget that I have those cards. I carry them with me everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things I was like, this nigga want to be on the podcast. How the hell he going to remember if I don't give him a card? And And I feel grown, y'all. We are grown. It was one of the most proudest moments I've ever had with Karen. I said, I'm so proud of her. That that was so professional. It was on point. It was money. And uh, then she did not hand Chris Hardwick one. I did. I didn't. I wasn't thinking about it. Then. He was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna listen to the show. I'm gonna check it out." And then he saw her hand Fonte a card, and then Karen did not give him a card. I didn't know he seen that. It was a brief moment of like, so they all, so Why they, so they are only me? giving it to black people, because it would have just been more awkward to be like, Karen, why are you not gonna get a white man a card? So I was just like. I Hopefully didn't. he'll find it. Uh, no, I didn't know. You should have been like, "Hey, hey, give me." You should like, give me a car, woman. You know, you don't check a black woman in public. That's what I learned. We watched the Best Man Holiday, and it's true. It's true, guys. Uh, so I was just like, "We'll, we'll just discuss." I hope that you later. didn't take it that way. If you're listening, I, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. It was uh, not meant to be like that. Next time I'll be on point and hand everybody a goddamn car. Yeah. Uh, when we come to multiracial man the tips, then we'll go ahead and uh, hook them up. But uh, till the end, only black rest get the cars. Yeah. uh but nah that was cool man and then after that like you know chris is like man let's go grab something to eat or whatever and i'm I'm thinking like it's me chris and karen and uh fonte and and this girl like uh yeah we'll go too man so we had like a good hour and a half two hour dinner man um so this shit went from like all the way off the rails with i heard how y'all was talking about my album to like cut two three hours later man like uh sitting inside this this loud ass restaurant with the loudest music ever yeah like the club my feet was vibrating i was like what the fuck what the what, what are they doing here yeah we're talking uh you know i'm i'm you know and obviously man i had that like interviewer gene in me like i just, I couldn't help it yeah and it, i don't know how many opportunities you get to do shit like this it, in real life so yes. i was asking fonte everything i've ever wanted to know about him little brother his life yeah, it, different experiences working with the rules like i was asking everything kind of cool. and he was very open and, and honest and things like that and it's so funny because it's like it's one of those things where we're just kind of going through the process but it and and i guess it's just the way my mind works i was like man if i could have some traveling recording shit <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have been able to hear anything over that fucking music that doof, doof, yeah doof, doof, but doof. you know and and honestly man i didn't feel like recording or broadcasting that to be quite honest like nah because it felt cool like this is a just, moment for us man because like and it was really cool it was just one of those moments where you feel like um i don't really believe in karma but like if if you do believe it like where it's like affirming that the things you're doing are on the right path and that's true you're doing good shit because yeah, you're being you know, recognized you know for your work um, um, among uh your peers and people yeah. you know that you look up to and his girl was really really cool too yeah i heard y'all down there talking and stuff about cooking and food because that's what karen does oh yes. you turn everything into conversation about food and cooking <laughs> yes y'all. um and i was down here like hey man so what was it like working with the roots and shit 
And um, you hear me talking about cotta greens and pinto beans, and yeah, on the other side. And, and you know, Chris Lambert is you know just big a, a little brother, Fonte, foreign exchange fan, and all this stuff. Um, so it was just one of those like he was asking questions. I'll be like, yeah, that's a good question, Chris. You know, like I did want to know this shit too, man. So I'm not gonna divulge all the details of everything that was said, but like, oh no, so just like it's like it's cool that somebody that you know you listen to their music you hear like different things they do mm-hmm. and in your mind i think you picture like an image of people people probably do it with us sometimes where it's like this is what rod and karen must be like and then you meet them and they're even cooler than that yeah and that that's what it was it was one of those things it was like cool just a wonderful and it was it it was actually a plus to the night and mm-hmm. and what people fail to realize going back to what Roger said before we've been up since five right so <laughs> and now it's like midnight one one a.m. <laughs> and then we we in Durham I mean we in, yeah Durham we got to ride back to Raleigh mm-hmm. and so we literally did not lay down till about two three in the morning somewhere right. around in there so we literally been up mm, 12 you know almost what 18 19 hours yeah, yeah. it's like it's like if you drink a five hour energy even though you should have taken a nap that's how i felt like i was jittery and full of just like energy but also like the second i can close my eyes i'm going to sleep yeah um, it was one of those things where you know and the, and the thing about it is that we was we were so excited i tried mm-hmm. funny that we literally couldn't sleep right yeah, yeah talk, it was, like i'm like that's the other thing is the whole time we're at this dinner and hanging out i still feel like when i get in this car i'm gonna be like fonte heard of the show nigga like yes and that, that you know. was the whole that was literally the whole talk all the way home it was like i can't believe that nigga listened to the show did he say he listened to the show he did he did say he, he listened, heard right show. right yeah i was like yeah I, well it wasn't even like he listens to the show it was like he heard, heard the, the show, show. The one we was talking shit about that, the, the one album that we didn't necessarily get into, but, but still he heard the show. Yeah. And he was I, cool. Yes. And, you know, he seemed to like us. Everything was going along well, you know, uh, he gonna come on the show and defend it. You know, like it was cool. Like it was a cool ass situation, man. Um, and, you know, driving back or whatever, uh, just to the hotel, you just sitting up there like shit is crazy. And like, that was the thing was, uh, at the end of the night, I was like, cause, you know, when I played basketball with Baron Davis, um, when I didn't even know it was Baron Davis that, that year, I don't know if I told the story on the show, but long story short, uh, between his, I think rookie and sophomore year, Baron Davis grew like this huge beard and shit. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, he had like a, he had a bald head his first year, but he had like a fro or some shit and mm-hmm. he was just letting everything grow out. Uh, he showed up and played basketball against me and two of my, my brother and his friend sport because we had been kind of dominating this gym, uh, with these dudes for like a, a few weeks and mm-hmm. they were getting, they were getting tired of our shit. <laughs> so they went and got Baron Davis. The thing is, Baron Davis didn't look like Baron Davis. No, not so, all that hell. So we were, we were sitting over there tying our shoes. Baron Davis walks up to us and he goes, what's up y'all? And we're like, what's up? And he's like, my name Baron. I'm like, okay. I was like, Rod. And you know, bye. Cause it's like, why did this nigga walk all the way up just to the three of us <laughs> to, to introduce himself? Like we not about to like we don't come in here and dominate every week and we not about to put that work in one more week. Like, oh, because you didn't realize who it was. No, yeah. I know who the fuck it was. And I was like, why he make a big deal out of it? 
um so i want to say either the first or second player of the game uh sport who you know was the best of us at the time at playing basketball uh sport went down tried to cross him over and do what they call a yo-yo crossover for those that know uh-uh. uh god sham god or you know mm-hmm. you guys are really into basketball you know mm-hmm. the yo-yo crossovers where you like roll the ball out kind of with your right hand okay. and then before the defender can steal it you yank it back with your left and then a lot of times they get left off balance they'll fall all kinds of shit okay you, uh, you gotta be very athletic for that yeah yeah sport okay. can do it like you gotta have pretty good handles to do it because you gotta be quick too um sport did the yo-yo to baron davis and baron davis grabbed the ball with both hands before sport could yank it back sport was basically trying to yank it out of baron davis's hands oh that wasn't happening and baron Baron davis just froze for a second laughed yanked the ball from sport (laughs) went down and this happened at like half court went down the court uh by himself threw a threw it off the backboard and 360 two-hand dunk that shit i'm not like you can't make that shit up i was like i'm gonna get this and brand's like "Uh uh-uh nigga i'm a grown-ass man you was uh, you was not taking this from me 360 two-hand dunk you understand what i'm saying alley-oop not like that's some that's some dunk contest shit yes that is in the middle of this pickup game and i swear to god me rodney and sport at the same time said that's baron davis and he proceeded to whoop our ass for three weeks yeah like <laughs> for three weeks straight and what nothing you could do about it you just, you just that's one of the things where it's it's like that right there is the ass whooping you know you don't get beat but you enjoy the moment yeah he couldn't even shoot threes like at the time this is before he was really a three-point shooter oh. and he was like banking threes and shit like he didn't give a fuck like he, he wasn't even trying like he knew that he could do whatever he wanted to when it, like uh, my brother, I threw a, I threw a pass to him, and he got so scared because Baron Davis was coming over that he tried to throw an alley oop to Sport, and Baron Davis blocked the alley oop like it was a shot. Yeah, <laughs> like he just threw that shit out of bounds. I was like, God damn, what the fuck? Like, um, so we, I think we might have beat him one his team one time in the however many weeks we played, three weeks. He never got on our team because these niggas was like shady as fuck, making sure that we never got a good team. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I said, like, and then, like, I, uh, so while we were playing this, uh, one time, I just knew that the nigga was trying to block still and embarrass us. So I was a little bit smarter than my brother in sport. I didn't want to, like, I knew I couldn't show him up directly. So I would just, like, cross over, see him coming, and then make a pass and like you know and it was taking everything within me like to not fuck up because yeah, you had to you know, concentrate did you yeah he was running at, he'd be running at you super Full hard speed. trying to steal it and then like i would just like show him the ball go around my back and pass it like fast as i could you know uh crossover crossover pass like it just that was all i didn't i don't even think i shot it really <laughs> and he was like, don't, um, get don't get embarrassed because he was like you're right basically he was like blocking people jump shots and shit like it was unfair so um after the game, you know, after I had made a few of these good passes, because I was just trying to trick him, you know, he come block my shot, I throw it behind my back, you know, give, yeah. it, give somebody a layup. <laughs> so he was like, at the end, he was like, hey, big man, um, you got some pretty good moves, huh? I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Baron Davis is telling me I have good moves. And I said, uh, thank you, man. I appreciate you saying that. And it was just me and him, like, sitting down when this happened. 
and uh my brother in sport was still kind of mad at him so they was like on the court like shooting around and i said hey man don't tell nobody i said this but i have your poster hanging in my dorm room right now like <laughs> you, you're, one of, you're one of my favorite players dog um and you know because i feel like it's sacred to be a fan and th- yeah. there shouldn't be anything wrong, wrong with, with saying it. that and i know about it a lot yeah. of dudes would disagree with that but fuck it fuck you i live my life you can't do shit to me so i was like yeah man i, I you know i'm a big fan of yours you, you know i root for the harness he's my favorite player he was like oh that's cool man thanks dog and i was like all right man well let's go back on this court and kick my ass again yeah <laughs> um so i say all that to say like I basically told Fonte like the short version of that story. Yeah. And then I was like, so I got to tell you, bro, I played this too late for us this morning. And now I'm meeting you. This is fucking crazy. Like this reminds me of the Baron Davis shit. Like you are one of my heroes and this has been great. Like I will always remember this shit as like a great moment in my life. Yes, sir. I met somebody I look up to and they weren't a dick and it wasn't like well don't meet your heroes motherfuckers it's gonna always be a letdown this was cool as shit like this is way cooler than i could have ever hoped for yeah and um you know you're always welcome to come on the show we can work that out out, you know but just you know appreciate you man appreciate what you do and it's one of those things where i was excited excuse me already about just meeting chris because you know we had first time we've ever seen him live mm-hmm. and then to meet chris hartwick and Fonte, it was just like uh cherry on top it was like the weekend just could not get any better than this right so then the next day saying the weekend couldn't get better yeah that's what i was thinking i was like the weekend can't get no better than this we had brunch and uh you know obviously we know nicole brandon dj food and drink some people you know they've been on the show before mm-hmm. um but we had we had brunch with them and leonard brothers, brothers. Yeah. Uh, this place called Briggs and like we showed up um early uh well we showed up on time. Uh you know, shout out to Apple Maps, they was fucking up. Yeah, Apple Maps was like, it's here. It's like, no, it's yeah. actually across the street. Right. I'm like, why the fuck would this breakfast place be in the middle of a business park? <laughs> With no way anybody off today. Yeah, it don't even make fucking sense. But uh we showed up there, uh and Linda Brothers uh had got there early and reserved our seats and shit like that. Uh, or like, you know, put in uh put in our name so we could get some seats which was cool man because like we had to hit the road because i needed to watch thor and review it for cinema fix by like nine or ten o'clock that night Mm -hmm. so um it was like knowing we were gonna be on the road three to four hours and then all this shit you know it's like man i really hope that we can eat have a good conversation and get out of here you know without looking like dicks because you know you don't want to be eating and be like, y'all hurry up, nigga. You know, <laughs> we got to go. Right. So, um, we showed up and, you know, met Leonard Brothers and we talked to him for probably like 20, 30 minutes till, uh, Nick Jew and, uh, Brandon arrived and they were kind of running late or whatever. They thought it was going to be at like a different time or something. Um, but it, it was cool though. Cause, you know, we got to talk to Leonard Brothers for that long. Um, and you know how we do when we talk, meet people in real life. We was just talking about y'all. Um, oh, yeah. And if you think it's you it probably was you nigga yeah we was talking um, about you so <laughs> we was talking just about different shit and uh you know they got uh nick jew and them got there right at um like the time that we got our seats and we sat down we had a pretty good brunch man um it's pretty nice our waitress wasn't shit but oh she no was, you know it was straight 
Um, we actually, uh, we actually had a really good time. And it, and it's just one of those things where, uh, I know people say this, like, we're just as nervous to meet y'all as y'all are to meet us. I don't think that people really, really realize that because, you know, we interact with Linda Brothers on Facebook, on Twitter and mm-hmm. Google Plus. So it's like, okay, I know he a real person, but it's nothing like, you know, seeing, um, uh, Abby and actually physically seeing somebody. I was like, oh shit, Lena is real. Mm-hmm. So it was just cool. Just, and the funny part is, if y'all don't know, that Abby, he actually looks just like that Abby. Yeah. So it's like, I knew exactly I what he, he even, looks. I think he even wore the same clothes. Yeah, I was like, that's mm-hmm. Lena. I was like, that, I was thinking, now if this ain't Lena, then he got a twin. This has got to be Lena standing up here all by itself. Mm-hmm. It was cool because like, uh, you know, you have like, we were talking and stuff. And one thing about the show is like, because we're not really having a lot of pretenses and shit on the show. If you listen to the show, you kind of do know us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it is like a kind of a, it's an easier transition, transition into just talking to somebody. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like they, it's not like, like we're strangers. Now, no. I mean, I don't expect nobody to walk up to me and be like, so you watch any Japanese tentacle porn lately? That, that, <laughs> that would be pretty weird you know what i'm saying like be normal but it was just cool to be like oh shit you know what's up man like and uh while i might be an introvert i'm not socially aloof or awkward so it was just able to like talk you know uh and uh that was cool man like and the brunch was cool man and just uh you know it's always obviously it's always cool to see nick jewel brandon so oh yeah uh it was i always just, love to meet them yeah man like it was just cool like being the loud black people um at the table and you know i think making we, a whole lot of jokes i think we was because i think uh, one of the tables over to the left must have got tired of us i finally heard somebody say shh oh really? <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm. i didn't even care i laughed twice as hard they Fuck lucky, you they're lucky i didn't hear that shit oh yeah because we had a a ball it was a lot of laughing it was mm-hmm. a lot of giggling it was a lot of jokes it was a lot of eating it yeah. was a lot of we had a really 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 good time and the food was good too man um so then we drove back um after this uh because i had to go see thor and shit but you know like it was one of those times where in your mind you're like if we can just like keep it to an hour and a half and three hours later you're like oh man this was so fun you know the time went by so fast and right. you talking about our waitress yeah our waitress wouldn't shit because she was the worst. not because it was one of those things where she had literally set the um the tickets down mm-hmm. and she didn't tell us that she was not a cashier right she didn't tell us you know when you let, yeah, i didn't realize because that's the thing it was a little fancier than an ihop so yeah. you don't think to yourself like oh i better go to the cashier shit. and check out because you're thinking like this is a little too fancy for that and we were sitting there for like an extra half hour just kicking it waiting for her to come back and then everybody was i was like wait a minute let me look at my bill oh guys i think we take this up front <laughs> like oh this has been awkward sorry guys i know everybody was kind of looking at the, the clock like is it time to go or not um and uh you know we had like i said it was just a real good time man mm-hmm. um and uh and, and and it was funny though leonard brother was like you really do laugh like that in person yes my loud my laugh is mm-hmm. loud and it carries and i had a blast yeah man um and then uh so we had out and uh we like i was i was so tired this is how tired i was yeah. that i wasn't even hungry and we stopped at hardy's like halfway through to get to charlotte because yeah. I was like, I just like if I, I feel like if I was eating, I'd stay awake longer. Yeah. 
um so we started the most weirdest hardies ever because we don't really have a lot in charlotte anymore no, that their hardies was strange there was a lady there that i'm pretty sure was trying to open a checking account <laughs> oh that little old lady was the worst good grief man let, like, me, let me tell you what happened she walked up okay and uh she had coupons first of all roger was like, i'm gonna go to the bathroom i was like oh, okay cool yeah i needed the piss too that was out there i was like let me just take a piss get some something to eat um and i was like and the thing is because we don't have hardies in charlotte i was like i went from like i'll just get some fries and a coke so i can stay awake to like well we don't have thick burgers so i might as well get one you know since i'm here roger went to go piss came back i'm still waiting beside behind this same little old lady let me tell you what she did she walked up there she basically told her the whole order the lady the girl rang up like she gave it to her and then she fucking complained because she was like well i needed this separately and i was thinking god damn it bitch why didn't you tell her that when you giving her the order you gave her the order and she rung it up like you gave it to her then she's like well i had coupons for this and that's mm-hmm. not right and i get a senior citizen discount i was like god damn old lady come on yeah and i hadn't seen 12 years of slave yet so i wasn't ex- too upset with her but she was like yeah uh i just need these orders split and the woman was like well why didn't you say that at the beginning and i was like I got these two coupons for 25 cents off of the fries. You know what? And I, I, all jokes aside, I heard that whole conversation and I was looking at that cashier like, God damn it, you right. She, she mm. gave you that shit all together and just assumed that you knew that she was giving three separate orders. Come on. Yeah, man. Um, and, uh, like, so, so we, we order our food or whatever after the lady, which takes forever. Then yeah. the next dude behind us comes in and he's like, Hey, uh, I just want to know, can, uh, do y'all sell fried chicken? chicken? He was serious too. And I looked at him like, is this a joke? I was like, nigga, they sell, I, I was looking like, they sell fried chicken? Yeah, it was like, y'all sell fried chicken, I'm on a three piece. It was like, sir, we don't sell fried chicken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, keep in mind, this is right next to a Bojangles. That's, that's what I, yes, we left, we left, I seen that big ass boy. I was like, he came in here for chicken, but it's Bojangles I was in, right beside us. I was in college when Hardy sold fried chicken. Oh, well, and it never, it never weird. was good. It never was good for the record. But I was in college the last time they sold fried chicken. Oh, that's been some years, sir. And it's like, did this nigga go to prison? Like, was he like, I had the most delicious chicken I've ever had in my life ah! the day before I was incarcerated. And the second I get out of prison, I'm going to drive to the hardest in the middle of nowhere, any hardest I can find, and I'm going to demand some chicken. And it was in the middle of 10 bucks too. And he just walked in. It was like, I want some chicken. I was like, we don't have any chicken. And then this, the sad music from uh the Shawshank Redemption started playing. Yeah, because he looked so sad as he walked out of the Empire. Like, everything, everything has changed. No chicken. But, uh, yeah, that, then I'll just start laughing at his ass. <laughs> um, and then the old lady came back. Yes. With her receipt and was like, did you ring this up correctly because you said it was 222? <laughs> I know they wanted to beat that old lady. According to his coupon. <laughs> that cash your face. Like, bitch, please go away. Right. Just take it. Just take it. Yeah, that's what she was like. You know what, ma'am? Uh, you know, it don't even matter. We'll give you some free shit. Just just, just take it and go over there and eat your food and be happy, please. I ma'am. just blame. Social Security just ate shit. That's what I blame. <laughs> she was like, I can't make ends meet on this Walmart greeting budget and social security is killing the nigga so 
<laughs> y'all just can the chicken please just 22 cent off i this could be the, this <laughs> oh, could be the difference between the heat being on and the heat not being on oh she was serious she was like that's the tip i'm gonna give the waitress at shonis right that 22 cent yeah that's the kind of tip yeah she was of that age but she think it's still 1972 prices mm-hmm. so we get back to charlotte man everything's cool like we uh um goes i went to see thor and i was on cinema fix and all that stuff and that was dope, man. Um, later on in the week, we got to see Devin, uh, mm-hmm. who's been on the show, Devin Elizabeth. She's part, part of a, a band now. Yes. Uh, called Half Strangers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was dope, man, because, you know, she moved to Charleston, you know, left our old job to kind of like pursue her dreams. And, um, you know, now that she's in a band, you know, it's, it's like a little different. Like she was doing a little different, some new songs uh you know getting to see her perform on stage at this the evening muse is like a really cool like hippie kind of ish venue yes it, it was very different i think that's my first time actually going to like a hippie place and mm-hmm. and the funny part about it i've lived in shot a majority of my life i ain't never been to this side of shot yeah, it's called no it's called no Okay, I think I've been around it, but not mm-hmm. actually in it. And I was looking like, what the fuck are we? Where is this place? You know what was really crazy was um. They had this beer there that was fucking delicious. Yeah, some kind of caramel something mm, beer. Yeah, but that was good, man. So, but yeah, we got to talk with her after she performed and, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, this just, white man was trying to holler at her. Uh, yeah, some white dude was like, can I buy you a drink or whatever? But I think he just was buying it because she was the lead singer in the band. Ah, okay. Yeah, I don't think he tried to make any moves on, I don't think. But, uh, I mean, she was looking good and everything. No, no offense if Devin ever hears this. I'm just, I don't think that's what that dude was doing. Okay. But even still, I was like, you know, don't, don't drink that drink. It might have roofie in it. <laughs> oh, something. Um, <laughs> and, and then I, and then I think the, uh, I think the dude over there beside me was drunk. Oh, the guy who was working at the bar? Yes. I just seemed like a silly guy that was out there having fun. Okay. I don't think he was drunk, but, um, yeah, it was just cool, man, to see her perform and like they did so good and they just been like, They've only been together for like a short period of time, so they're still kind of gelling. Uh, the guy who played bass was like phenomenal. Oh, he was ridiculous. And he like broke a string during the fucking set yes. and still kept playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a very cool, man. Yeah. And, uh, I wish them nothing but the best. Yes. Uh, I believe you can go download that music. It might be halfstrangers.com, but if not, just search half strangers um and uh yeah man it's, it, it's real good and it was funny though they're they're poor um when you're playing live on the stage sometimes things don't work right and the poor dude that was playing the violin mm-hmm. he made me think of uh nerds i was like are we gonna get a revenge of the nerds remix here because yeah. he pulled that out i was like what is going on here because he can get no sound i felt so bad because he was he was playing that <laughs> thing hard i was like I, I don't hear you sir i hear nothing yeah yeah it was weird because yeah they were kind of adjusting on the fly and a lot of times they like comedians say this and bands say this like when you're opening for somebody they might have the the stuff set up for the guys after you but you need it set up a little bit differently and so you know you just kind of have to deal with it um for people that um 
that want to know like what it's like if you have premium and you want to know like what it was like when devin was on the show i think episode 437 is when she was on mm-hmm. uh, i'm not 100 sure if i have that one loaded up to the site yet but if i do uh it will if i don't it'll be up there soon, soon. so yes, it will. uh because i actually put some more backlog episodes on the show mm-hmm. this uh last couple weeks so um but yeah go you know you can go check that out uh uh whenever you get time uh and uh you know we have other things that we saw um I, before we go move on to like articles and stuff i will i do want to say um we saw the best man wedding i mean best man holiday mm-hmm. uh last night i enjoyed that a lot i thought it was really good me one too. of one of the most surprising films of the, of the year for me it was very funny i really thought it was going to be some kind of uh light fair you know a little bit of you know just some good because the people can act in it um but you know i don't you just don't expect the film to be but so serious or whatever so good um but i gotta tell y'all man that movie's really good like mm-hmm. i i if you're listening to this i recommend you go see it especially for the people who are kind of like i'm tired of the black suffering experience movies i don't want to see the help i don't want to see the butler i don't want to see 12 years a slave I don't want to see Fruitvale Station. I'm just kind of tired of um, all of that stuff. Um, and I feel like a little bit people are kind of scared to say that it was good because um, sometimes I think with these movies, people are like, because there's so many bad, quote unquote, black movies, mm-hmm. people don't want to like be the person, the first person to tell you that I like this movie and it's a black movie and it's really good. Mm-hmm. I'll say it. It's really good. I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, Roger questioned my black woman card because I was like, I didn't see the first one. <laughs> you know, but you don't really need to see the first one. No, and you don't. It's a completely different movie than the first one. Because yes, the, it is. Well, you ain't see the first one. How do you know? No, I'm, I'm assuming that it is because mm-hmm. they like did a little montage to kind of catch me up. I was like, okay, that's a different movie. Well, well, watching the, this one. well no, I'm, I'm saying the tone of the first one compared to the themes that were touched on in this movie were a lot, oh, less, a lot okay. less serious. Like... These are things that like stick to your ribs that really, you know, and I, and the other thing I will say, man, you should try to see this as soon as possible and with a good audience. Yes. Like, don't go see this. Don't try to see this shit at like one o'clock on a Tuesday or some shit. You're not going to get the same atmosphere. Go see this shit at like eight o'clock at a black movie theater, man. Nothing's going to happen to you, first of all. Um, But second of all, man, and if you, you know, if you have somebody you care about, take them too, but like go see this shit with a good audience because it makes all the difference yes because like, we people have lips were hilarious yeah like that was it a was couple, all loud yeah there's a couple good ad libs somebody's like why it's got to be the cowboys <laughs> another dude when when uh they pulled out that book at the end this isn't a spoiler but when they put out that book this dude goes that's all right <laughs> yes i know well um old black man that's all right that's real good but uh yeah make sure you guys go see that shit man because uh like i said especially if you're one of those people that's kind of been protesting the idea of 12 years a slave like uh this is on the heels of seeing like of thor right now for the most money for the weekend uh it would be really cool if it beat it mm-hmm. uh if it comes in second it's still no no shame but i would love for this movie to you know make money back and then some um, not because I don't want to see movies like 12 Years a Slave or The Butler or the, uh, the Help or anything like that. I'm not that extreme about it. I just think I would like to support diversity with black 
uh roles i don't think the only thing the only stories we have to tell should be about uh our struggles and overcoming them i think some of our stories should be uh movies like this where it's just a normal story starring black people just, yeah it, you know, it, it was it was real wit and it was real acted in uh what was it terrence howard is his name terrence howard is oh. all, all the way back i'm all the way back with terrence howard he over this was hilarious like mm-hmm. he made you laugh. and like it was almost like you won't see more every time he was on the screen you knew you was gonna get a good laugh yeah, I'm all the way back with him, dog. Oh, he's the best. Even the one scene where it's sad, uh, and there's nothing funny about it, he nailed that. Like, I'm all the way back, yes. dog. I'm all the way back, bro. And the thing is, man, um, it is, uh, you know, like, like I said, it gets way more serious than you think. Um, I was actually sadder in this movie than 12 Years a Slave. Uh, because in 12 Years a Slave, they don't really give you anything to feel like it was stolen from him, which is, I think a mistake of the film is they don't spend enough time with him at the beginning setting up how happy and complete his world is. Oh, just so, so you can so see it. He's when slow. he's absconded into slavery, you, you really don't get this feeling of great loss like you should. It's like you understand the theoretical mental part of it, but the emotional connection to the character never really is there because they needed to spend some time with him and his kids, him and his wife, you know how his wife how did he meet his wife how you know how did her first pregnancy or like just even if it was a montage like up it would have helped it would have elevated that film to like a five-star status for me but um but but the point being like this film because the comedy beats were so good and they were nailing it um it really did make the sad parts like sad like you really were like oh i gotta hold it together but uh (laughs) <laughs> really good really good movie man i cannot recommend this movie more like honestly man and i hope people do go see it mm-hmm. especially people that spend a whole lot of time complaining about how they don't want to see slave movies and shit like that because this isn't one of those stereotypical baby mama black people oh no it's not ghetto quote-unquote uh comedies where it's just playing with a bunch of negative stereotypes about blackness this this is actually just a competently performed and acted uh film um that happens to be very funny and very poignant man and it'll make you appreciate what you have honestly like i saw more black couples walking out of there holding hands and yeah, was looking at each other them. in the eyes uh than, than any movie i've seen in a long time man um all right let's talk about these these articles and stuff Karen. Uh, we got a bunch it. of them cool uh the first one is um i've been meaning to talk about this for a couple of weeks uh we just have run out of time a few times uh remember we covered the story where there was a quote-unquote kids for cash scandal with juvenile detention center uh in pennsylvania i know there was also one that happened in like seattle too i think but uh where yes where these privatized prisons basically pay judges money yeah to sentence kids to Mm -hmm. to longer sentences to juvenile detention centers Mm -hmm. because they make money Mm -hmm. well uh, the kids in this one scandal got awarded a $2.5 million settlement. Good. So, um, the judge was sentenced to 28 years in prison for his offenses. Good. Uh, and Conahan, um, who, uh, who's another judge was also sentenced to 17 years. Uh, both are believed to have accepted over $1 million in bribes from the companies. Ooh. 
Yeah, I wonder if anybody from the companies go to prison. Right? No, probably not. No. Uh, so yeah, they've come to a two and a half million dollar settlement. Man, thank goodness that they got something because you get that you mark can't... on your record, yeah. it takes away your future. Who knows how many people have been derailed by this? Where yeah, maybe that they're, they're not going to graduate school on time if mm-hmm. at all. Um, you know, yeah, some some shit where it, you should have got like minor offenses or just mm-hmm. parole or that should have been misdemeanors got all bumped and knocked up all high and now all of a sudden you can't get a job because the way the society is now you get a nick and that's like almost the end of your actually future like nobody not even McDonald's want to hire you it's like it's like mm-hmm. well goddamn it I can't get a job yes so and something you guess what you can't take about that time and, and that right. money is there but that money can't recover that time and I feel like because these are you know minority kids a lot of times people just don't see them as humans they don't see them as victims they just don't see them as people that deserve to have the same future that everybody Everybody else else. does so it's almost like no harm no foul is just sending some black kids to prison that were probably headed there already it's like nah man like these kids are you know um it's one of the things i've said on the show like one of the worst things that happened to america is that they've monetized ignorance and poverty (laughs) and by which i mean they purposely need a segment of the population to always be impoverished to always be ignorant to always be uneducated Mm -hmm. because they have monetized from the womb to the tomb with some of these kids man uh they you know whether it's uh because you know people always say well the government assistance is killing things what what people don't realize is that a lot of these uh politicians and their spouses and shit like that they have aligned themselves to get the cash from government programs so it's like when the government says this much money goes to education there's a lot of people who have found a way to be like hey we want this money from the education system uh we'll take ten thousand dollars and say we're going to educate these kids we're not going to really fucking educate them we're oh, gonna, no but we're going to keep uh keep that money um i remember in florida there was a drug testing uh program that they wanted to have where anyone on welfare had to get tested for drugs um the majority of people the vast majority of people passed the test well the people who were getting paid by the government to do the drug testing it was the wife of the governor who started the you know she started her own um drug testing uh business just for this so it's like there there's cash to be made off of these programs and this ignorance when you privatize something like prison something especially juvenile detention you're really like playing with fire because a business's job is to make profit especially that's right a private business and if that if they make their money because the government gives them x amount of dollars to house these kids they're going to do corporate shenanigans to make sure that these kids go, keep going to jail. It's how of they make their money. Of course, of course, because that's what you do. And you don't give a damn if it's books, if it's pogo sticks. You don't, it just happens to be people. You don't give a shit. The people are your product and the people is how you make your money. Right. So you will do whatever it takes to uh, turn over profit. Fuck your life. Fuck how you we screw up your life. Fuck your years you lost. You know, fuck, you know, separating, separating you from your children or whatever. Maybe we don't care anything about that. At the end of the day, did we turn over a profit? And, 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 and speaking about Florida, they tried that shit here in North Carolina. Now, I don't care too much for our governor, Pat McCroy, but I tell you one thing. He voted that bullshit down. They tried to bring that here in North Carolina. He was, mm, we're not wasting our money on that shit. Yeah. Um, 
that's the other thing republicans were saying like oh it'll save us money and then it was proven not to have yeah that's what he like was it like costs no. more, it costs more to test people than it costs to cat than, than they caught people that's what he said he says and I'm not wasting money. because of that somebody because when it caught the money to test people went to somebody's pocket yeah it did um but we can't get to the point where we see people that are poor people that are in bad bad positions in life as dollar signs and that's what we've turned it into where there's a dollar in not educating someone there's a dollar in putting them in uh prison there's a dollar in putting them in housing uh when they're not in prison there's like we can't keep turning everything into profit profit does not uh profit in itself is not justification like and i feel like america's gotten to that point where we talk like you hear people sometimes where you have a issue with something like oh man i don't think tyler perry's movies are good and they'll be like but he making money you know it's like well profit in itself isn't always a justification the crack dealer's making money but did you really support that like, you know true. and i feel like that's what happened in this situation man like people go well what what does it matter if the prison is for profit this is why it matters because mm-hmm. corporations will do the most lascivious shit they can to make money with no regard for the moral implications of that no and why should they be held accountable Mm -hmm. i mean they should be held accountable but it's one of those things where they're a business and they're in it to make a profit so that means that whatever this is especially for some reason when it comes to human life you can't put profit you can't privatize that and that's why you know that's why i have issues with a lot of the healthcare and all that shit because unless you go let motherfuckers die which we, we're not going to happen in our country. It's one of the things where you go, okay, what is, th- there has to be a better way. Yeah. My question is how much money did they make off of this? Billions because of dollars. it's quite possible. Just like when Volkswagen decided like, yeah, the car explodes on impact, but we sell enough of them. We can settle a few lawsuits. Um, is 2.5 million going to really hurt them enough that this never happens again? No. Or did they make five million and two and a half million was the cost of doing business? Yeah, I just want to know. Like yeah. we, we'll never know, and I don't want to make up numbers and say that's what it was. Mm-mm. But I wish I knew. Like I wish I, I knew the what the fuck they reported as a profit, and then how much this quote unquote hurts them compared to that. Um, TDE, um, the CEO of uh, Kendrick Lamar's record, no, like the record label he's on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like him, Absol, Schoolboy Q, J Rock. I think they're all at Top Dog Entertainment. Um, well, Kendrick Lamar got a cover of GQ, the for Man of the Year, mm-hmm. and uh, the CEO came out. Uh, uh, the CEO of TDE uh, said that GQ's story was offensive. Okay, why they said that? Um, well, he feel his name's Anthony, uh, top dog Tiffith. He took strong offense to specific things stated in the article, um, while holding a little bit back. Um, but, uh, he was basically saying like the comparisons to, um, some of the like racial stuff, like they compared them to like, uh, should compared him to Suge Knight, Anthony Top Dog Tiffith to Suge Knight and um, stuff like they were like, you know, that that's lazy writing is kind of racially offensive. I have nothing in common with shit like that. We're just a hardworking group of young black dudes, but we're not like death row. Um, 
let's see let's see uh, in 2004 i founded top dog entertainment with the goal of providing a home for west coast artists and a platform for those artists to express themselves freely and give their music to the world from our beginning in 2005 with j-rock to developing kendrick lamar schoolboy q and app soul to the most recent signing of isaiah rashad and scissor we as tde have always provi- prided ourselves in doing everything with heart honor and respect this week kendrick lamar was named one of t- gq's 2013 men of the year an honor that should have been celebrated as a milestone in his career and for the company mm-hmm. instead the story written by written by steve marsh put myself and my company in a negative light marsh's story was more focused on what most people would see as drama or bs to say he was surprised at our discipline is completely disrespectful Instead of putting emphasis on the good that TDE has done for West Coast music and for hip-hop as a whole, he spoke on what most people would consider what's wrong with hip-hop. Furthermore, Kendrick deserves to be accurately documented. The racial overtones immediately reminded everyone of a time in hip-hop that was destroyed by violence, resulting in the loss of two of our biggest stars. We would expect more from a publication with this stat- with the stature reputation that GQ has. As a result of this misrepresentation, I pulled Kendrick from the his performance at GQ's annual Man of the Year party Tuesday, November 12th. While we think it's a tremendous honor to be named as one of the Men of the Year, these lazy comparisons and offensive suggestions are something we won't tolerate. Our reputation, work ethic, and product is something that we guard with our lives. Um. So, yeah, he was... He was pissed, man. Um, And and to an extent, I understand. Uh, And and I also agree because Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where, well, you're West Coast and they West Coast. It got to be the same. He's Mm -hmm. like, no, motherfucker, do your research. Why are you shocked that we worked hard and we grind? And it's one of those things. It's like, oh, if you go back and read other articles of people that were in the music industry on GQ, did you do the same thing to them? Yeah. Yeah. GQ's editor responded back to editor-in-chief. Kendrick Lamar is one of the most talented new musicians to arrive on the scene in years. That's the reason we chose to celebrate him. Wrote an incredibly positive article declaring him the next king of rap and gave him our highest honor, putting him on the cover of our Man of the Year issue. I'm not sure how you can spin that into a bad thing, and I encourage anyone interested to read the story and see for themselves. We were mystified and sorely disappointed by Top Dog's decision to pull him at the last minute for the performance he had promised to give. The real shame is that people were deprived of the joy of seeing Kendrick perform live. I'm still a huge fan. Jim Nelson. Um, Now I feel like I got to read this article. Mm-hmm. You know, like I got to see who's right. Was, was he right to be offended? Because I can kind of understand, like, how someone could be offended at the laziness of comparisons. Like, you know, it's like when I talk to a lot of my white friends who like want to talk to me about rap I, and I had to stop these conversations because they only have a reference up to a certain mm-hmm. amount of rap. And it's That's like, right. After you that, know, isn't so-and-so like Biggie or Pac is like with those, there's more rappers than Biggie and, and Pac. Pac. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more rappers than Snoop Dogg. So, um, if you don't know enough about it, um and then you take this foray into trying to explain to someone what kendrick lamar and tde are like if you don't have the background or the you know the the comparisons to be able to make you might make lazy comparisons like it's like suge knight it's like pop he's like it's like big you know and he might be offended by that because it's like you there's way more people out there that you can compare them to that actually are better comparisons true so maybe that's where it came from um colorado springs colorado a judge says an army artillery officer linked by dna to a string of sexual assaults on young girls will be allowed to blame his twin brother at trial for attacks in two states 
What? Mm-hmm. I just reckon they have the same DNA. Thank you for being a twin. District Judge David Shakes ruled Friday it would be inappropriate to bar First Lieutenant Aaron Lucas's attorney from presenting his identical twin as an alternate uh, alternate subject. I mean, suspect, given the siblings shared DNA, according to the Colorado Springs Gazette. Now, this is funny because when you hear something like, your brother is a serial rapist, 99% of us would go, no, I don't believe you. My brother wouldn't do that. I know my brother. And it's one of the reasons I don't really blame people on TV that go, I don't think so-and-so killed all those people. Because, like, if that's your brother, if you told me tomorrow my brother serial killed seven people, I'm sorry I'd be on the news like, I don't think he did. Fuck you. Sorry. And everybody gets to be hypocrites about this shit and talk shit about family members and shit. But what's interesting in this case is he probably would say that and then they'll be like, right, he's saying you did it. I'm like, what the fuck? No, I didn't do this. What kind of sick shit is that? Wow. You know, I probably have to change it. But like, he did do it then. Blaming me. Fuck him. <laughs> That's right. Like, I ain't going to prison because this nigga kills people. Whether it's persuasive or not, that's not my role. It's the role of the jury. I wonder if they're just going to be stretching it like his twin brother who didn't even know the victim and we have no proof was in the state at the time flew all the way from China yeah. secretly to and, rape this victim and then go back and didn't tell us so and see his wife in the morning and nobody had to know. Uh, in the criminal prosecution, DNA is widely considered a smoking gun, but only in the absence of an identical twin. Karen Steinhauser, a criminal defense attorney and adjunct law professor at the University of Denver, told the Associated Press, such an argument is rare. I have never seen it ever. The only time I have seen it was on Law and Order SVU, the television show. You, you think that's where he got that idea from? <laughs> it was, oh man. Life, like, I ain't going to jail. My brother did this. Life imitating art. Uh, Steinhauser is not involved in the case. On a, in, a, in an October 22nd court filing, Lucas's attorney and investigators picked the wrong sibling after discovering a DNA link to an unsolved attack on a young girl in Madison, Alabama in 2007 and another in Texas County, Texas in 2009. The Fort Carson, Colorado officer has denied luring or trying to lure 11 girls into his vehicle in Colorado between 2009 and 2012. His attorneys have said the Alabama and Texas cases involve his twin brother, Brian Frederick Lucas, who the defense says has lived in both states. Brian Lucas has not been charged in any of the cases and could not be reached for comment Saturday, but investigators have said he has denied involvement in the alleged crimes. That's got to suck, especially if he's lived in those states, right? Oh. It's like, I lived on the north side of Texas. You know how big Texas is? Like, well, you could have driven there to try to <laughs> get some little kids, man. Be like, that's an hour away. What are we talking about? Investigators say that a DNA test linked Aaron Lucas to the abduction of an eight-year-old girl in Colorado Springs. And that he also matched the biological material recovered in the Alabama and Texas cases. Colorado judges, judges ruled that the out-of-state evidence will be allowed at trial. Lucas is scheduled to appear November 26th. That'll drive. That's going to make an awkward Thanksgiving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be like, you come to dinner? Nope. You're going to cut the turkey like you cut me, brother? Deep. Mm-hmm. Showing all the white meat. Y'all split the wishbone. I don't know. It might get some DNA evidence on it. <laughs> That you might use against me in a court of law. Do I need my lawyer for this dinner? <laughs> right. Is there any agreements I need to see? Uh, Facebook deletes controversial privacy policy, policy language. Uh, basically, um, there was a line in Facebook's practice, uh, uh, in reference to Facebook practice of showing a user's public profile picture comments and likes with ads. 
Uh, opponents said the language assumed that minors had previously discussed the terms on the site with their parents or guardians. Uh, the issue ultimately landed at the feet of the Federal Trade Commission in the form of a complaint. Yeah, my thing is, mm-hmm. Go ahead, Facebook fucking get on my nerves because right. it's just one of those things where every time they update or change something, you have to go back in and reset all your shit for private. You was like, motherfucker, I understand you changed something, but why do I need to reset all my shit so that my shit is not posting? Because if you don't know, you'll be publicly posting shit that you didn't want public because they felt like resetting every goddamn thing and it's one of those things where i don't mind using social media but let me control it and also something else i have a problem with facebook too is that your language is fucking confusing i need a lawyer degree to understand the language make the shit simple make it easy to find make it easy to read and easy to understand yeah i i feel like if you use facebook everything's public so fuck it like i don't know people get so upset about it it's not yours and it's not your right to use it and they can do whatever they want to with the information Th- and that's true don't too. put it on there I- if you don't want to deal with it because that's the risk you're taking even if you're a 13 year old kid and i understand that i completely understand that but you give me the options on your service for privacy i expect my privacy to be privacy off of your thing that you said that i had the right to keep my shit private like that like 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 if it was something where we don't got no privacy okay cool you put it out there it's out there but don't give me these options and then make the options complex to understand but they, you don't really have the option they can take it away at any time yes you, they can it's like if you come to my house and i'm like uh hey man feel free to have any of the chips that you want and then you eating all my chips up and now i get like halfway through the bag i'm like uh actually i want the rest of those chips what are you gonna say well you told me i gotta have all the chips it's my house nigga get the fuck out that that like uh, we are in everybody's house with this shit facebook twitter and and that's so true. we don't own shit so if they want to change the terms you can you're free to delete your shit yes you are you're free to do whatever but don't be a punk about it either delete it or let it go it's not their responsibility to make it easily understandable and all if they want to use your shit in the ad they can yes they can and i i don't have a problem with them doing it at all all i ask is that notify me and tell me in a language that i can read without having to have a doctorate diploma to understand it they don't even have to do that um they can do whatever they want it's their shit so just stay off that shit if y'all guys are scared but if not, don't worry about it. It's not going to be a big deal. That's people, act, people act like they're going to take your fucking dick pics and send them to your mama. They don't give a fuck about you. Like, they just want to be able to, like, they they want to be able to say, if we have a commercial for Facebook, we might take your picture and say, uh, Rod likes this status. Like, sorry, but that's, you know, that, that might be what they want to do with your shit. Like, don't use it. That's that's true. That's true, and I might not want you using my likeness without paying me. So yeah. Well, it's too bad. They they they're telling you right there in the contract. I'm using your likeness if you come on my shit without paying you. Yeah, and that's why I ended up to, in court. Too. You know what? Yeah. It it will be like someone comes on our show. They agree to be on here. We interview them, and then I'll play a clip for the interview, and they're like, "I want some money, nigga." It's like, what the fuck? You agreed. That that's that, that's true. And, you, you, and, and, they don't make you use Facebook. No, they don't. They they don't. It's it's everything that I sign up for and everything that I put in is always optional. I have the option to choose. I have the option not to choose. I completely understand and agree with you on that standpoint. But at the same time, 
you need to make it simple so that when I read, I completely understand what I'm reading and what I'm signing up for. But and it's not that complex. Just, but the you, language, people I'm, don't read it. It's not complex at all. It's like, it's not that com- people could understand it. Most of us, if you're being, if we're being honest, we don't even read that shit. We don't even try. We just go, I don't give a fuck. We, if we yeah, don't see because it it's a- 2,000 words. They know motherfuckers not going to read a 2,000 word contract. Then you didn't give a fuck. Then you didn't give a fuck. Like people get so angry at these sites. I don't get why. You obviously didn't give a fuck. You didn't want to read it. You just wanted to sign up and do it. Yeah, and I, 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 like I said, I don't agree with you. I, I just think they purposely make it complex. They purposely make it too wordy versus saying A, B, C, D, E. This is the shit we gonna do. Yay, nay. You, you add, have all this legal jargon in there, which they know the average person does not understand and is not gonna take the time to read to purposely get you to sign up for shit that you don't even know what you. And, I, and I'm, I'm guilty of it. And I've done it umpteen times. You've been assigned your first baby, your will, your 401k away to Facebook and not even know that shit. Yeah, I, I honestly don't. I, 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 I don't have any sympathy for anybody with this shit. Cause it's, it's obvious that, that it, you, people know, like it's not, like it's not some fucking secret. Uh, people just don't give a fuck. They have privacy settings. And, they and, have account settings. They have all this shit. And, and people and, don't, but, but people don't really read that shit and they don't really care. Like they just want to do the cool shit. It's like, Twitter probably has the same shit. And, and I, and I, and I guarantee you, and, and, and honestly, just, this is my thing, and I think this is purposely bigger than Facebook. They actually need to make it a law that you simplify shit for people to understand. If they They, did, did a lot of people wouldn't even sign up for shit. Did you know Facebook has FAQ for all their privacies? Settings? No. Right, because nobody clicks on that shit. Nobody gives a fuck. They just like to complain. They like to bitch and moan about it. End of the day, you don't really care. You want to take pictures of your food and tell everybody about it. That's why you're using it, and that's what you want to do. Like people get mad about, well, what about the, my privacy? What about my personal data? Click on that, the, all the links they have to tell you about it. You can learn, but nobody cares. Only time they care is when you see an article with a headline, privacy ch- settings change on Facebook. That's it. Yeah, and you know what? And I, I, I well, I'm gonna be the asshole, motherfucker. I'm gonna goddamn complain. Yes, I will. I'm complaining because I don't appreciate you not simplifying stuff for people, and you purposely make it complex where the average person cannot understand. No, 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 no. That, that you're just being you you're just being stubborn at this point. <laughs> it, it's literally on the website. I, it took me two clicks right now. We were talking to find all the information about privacy. It literally took me to like, we were talking and discussing this. I clicked on my Facebook. I went to the little settings thing. It says privacy settings. And under there, it tells you like, Oh, would you like to know more about privacy? And right there, you have all these FAQs about mm-hmm. who can see my shit. What, how, you know, it has a help thing right there. It's mm-hmm. account security notifications. Like it, there's, there's shit where you can find out. People are just so lazy, spoiled, and entitled that they don't give a fuck. And it's so, I don't know, man. It sickens me. Like, like I don't know. People just so, so spoiled at yeah. this point. <laughs> so fucking private company that's trying to make money off their shit. And then people go, how dare you try to use me to make money off of your shit? What the fuck did you think I was going to do? I was going to try to make money. It's my job. Yes, it is. Facebook is not 
your friend facebook no, is not your friend i didn't ask facebook to be my friend facebook is not your friend i didn't like facebook i didn't thumb up uh them. you did like it you, you <laughs> every time you take a picture when we go out to eat and tell people what's on the beer that might be in an article that might be on the <laughs> next advertisement get used to it and you're not gonna get paid because you signed away that shit um a family leaves a waitress uh, uh a lifestyle tip instead of cash what a family who stiffed the waitress out of a tip on a hundred dollar bill because they didn't approve of her lifestyle may <gasps> not be may not be welcome back at the gallup asian bistro here i don't blame them a couple dining with their two middle school aged children wednesday made their judgment on dana morales a marine marine veteran simply by looking at her they let her know that they brought they thought with a script what they thought with a scribble message on that 93 dollar and 55 cent check i'm sorry but i cannot tip because i do not agree with your lifestyle and how you live your life the note reads short hair and clothes just give it away in her eyes morales 22 said uh thursday evening after she had posted a picture of her check and her own fuming rant on a gay friendly facebook page called have a gay day her post went viral on the internet and she was picked up on by national websites including the Huffington post she said the response has put a smile on my face morales said when she introduced herself to the family at the table the woman responded oh i thought you were going to say that your name is dan you surprised us what the fuck is wrong with people they're so entitled i guarantee these same people got mad about that facebook article morales didn't respond but never thought they wouldn't have leave a tip you gotta bite your tongue and kiss up we live off a tip she said life is about life as a restaurant server she shared what happened online because others need to be informed and this is still going on she said her boss isn't upset with her posting a check. In fact, the family may not be allowed at the eatery, which opened about four months ago. Yeah, you're not going to come. I don't blame you. You're not going to come in and constantly stiff my people. You know, mm-hmm. this is how they make a living. Shout out to this restaurant, man. Like, I would eat here now if I lived there. Me too. Versus, like, really, versus, versus I, being like, mm, you got to go. Yeah, like, I like that they took a stand, man. Sometimes you got to ban the assholes and not let it happen the other way around. Yes. You know, I'm tired of assholes being the ones to be like, I'm the one who's not going to eat at this place till gay people can't eat here. And it's like, why don't we turn that around and be like, no assholes are not allowed. Get the fuck out. No assholes allowed. Mm -mm. We're kind of a big family. So they all took it to heart. My manager assured me that if they had seen the check before the family left, they would have confronted them. She said Morales, who lives in bed minister, New Jersey served in the Marine Corps from 2009 to 2011. So this is a former Marine, you know, somebody put their life on the line for our country yeah for you to this asshole's like i don't like that you gay so i'm not giving you the money that you are owed for waiting on me um so yeah that's just a crazy story um burt's bees is in trouble oh i like burt's bees all that the all natural skincare company burt's bees has a reputation for being socially conscious Mm mm-hmm but after many claim that a description written on a jar of his moisturizer encourages the harassment of women, the cosmetics makers issued oh, an apology. Um, they got some good lip gloss. Now, for me personally, this is where I draw the line with my feminism. Okay, this is feminism going wild. No. Too much. <laughs> that going wild. It's, it's a little inside joke. Nobody, the kind of motherfucker that stops a woman on the street and goes, "Hey, bitch, hey." is not doing it because they read it off some burst bees fucking body lotion or whatever the fuck no they're not but uh you know now everything has to be an issue everything has to be a fight and these motherfuckers are getting caught up in it 
good a division of burst bees has discounted its vanilla flame body butter in january however the remaining stock was placed in the outlet section of its website and still being sold via other retailers the controversial the controversial label reads soak in the moisturizing seductiveness of shea butter and indulge in the scent of vanilla and rice milk and let the cat calling commence on thursday hmm? i said okay yep uh you know everybody's against street harassment now and uh obviously um that you know that's like a big thing now it's like stop street harassment people are you know walking out the street like hey ho i won't see them titties or whatever and it's, it is uncouth i don't think too many people support it, yeah, in, it unless it works um so uh th- thursday 29 year old colleen kiphart a communications expert she declined to provide her city and state who bought the vanilla flame body butter tweeted an excerpt from the label to holler back an anti-street harassment group and the message said Oh my, at good happens, it's at Burt's Bees, body of butter, uh, catcalling is violence against women. I was offended, but didn't know if I was overreacting, so I tweeted to holler back for perspective. The organization didn't think she was overreacting at all, responded, whoa, can you send us more pics? And are you interested in starting a petition in collaboration with Kip Hart? Holler back, created a petition at change.org against, <laughs> I like that change.org. <laughs> yeah, like someone said yesterday on the show. Change.org has this petition about, about Burst Bees, a uh, petition about uh, Beyonce going to Kim Kardashian's wedding. <laughs> right? And people people going to sign both. Mm-hmm. To demonstrate your support for people who are street harassed globally, issue a real apology, agree to stop production of products that legitimize street harassment, and make a donation to organizations working to end street harassment and other forms of gender-based violence. As of Friday, the petition has garnered nearly 1,700 signatures. On Thursday, Good issued an apology on his Facebook page. We would like to address a topic that has recently caused concern for many of you. First, we apologize if the wording of our vanilla flame body butter packaging offended anyone. Good from Burt's Bees is no way encourages gender-based harassment and the objectification of women. Good is a brand built on positivity. Our products are designed to make women feel good on the inside and out. We want women everywhere to be able to enjoy amazing smelling natural personal care products that will leave them smiling, not attracting undesirable or disrespectful attention. This product will only be on shelves while supplies last. So they're not, I mean, they already weren't making any more though, right? Yeah. And it's me. I don't mean no harm. And and, man, I don't know. Maybe I'm the sexist. I I did. I didn't, I didn't get that from that statement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, well, see, that's kind of the thing though. Like that. One of the issues people have with just like feminism in general is cause like some people that would call themselves feminists would attack something like this, say it endorses street harassment and, it's the problem it needs yeah, to go and they need to, to me make it's all more this. of sexiness you know you're right. smelling good you're feeling good you know because it's body it's body butter right i was gonna say and then there's other people that would look at it and be like i don't think it's harmful and i'm a feminist and i'm one of those people that goes i don't want to get involved like y'all working about amongst yourselves but because have yeah. you know had the people I, I follow on twitter or something that are feminists will be like fuck this shit burn them to the ground and then the other half will be like i don't have a problem with it i don't see what the big deal is and they both go by the same label so it's confusing um but yeah one person um julia may wolfer wrote i personally love your products especially vanilla flame and i think the descriptions are cute and playful seriously uh crystal ronk says seriously what's all the fuss about shaking my head people will always find something to be offended about won't they 
rose underwood wrote i absolutely gobsmacked at the amount of women that are defending this product it's a real issue with devastating results and the promotion of its vow of it is vile and ignorant everyone should boycott good for that thoughtless wording you know i also think there's a lot of anger too that people have um because sometimes the reaction to some of this shit i think is extreme yes it is like if they are a socially conscious uh yeah, like because all that stuff is all natural. Like, yeah. I, like I said, I use their lip gloss and some of their um lotion stuff. They're like all natural. We use honey. You turn a label, you can literally read everything. It's it's no it's no no funky chemicals on their stuff and stuff like that. So it's one of the things like they are they are a company that's conscious and aware and alert. Yeah, and so like they did issue an apology. They mm-hmm. did. They're not gonna make the product anymore. Mm-hmm um but i feel like there's so much anger because of just the world and how it treats certain people that's never gonna be good enough like nothing would ever be good enough it's gonna be fuck them forever like it doesn't matter what else they've ever done like like uh the hollaback organization which believes the company's responsible response is feeble at best says street harassment is a global problem affecting girls as young as seven and as old as 70 emily may founder of hollaback hollaback says uh tells yahoo shine if harassment occurred in an office, there would be systems in place to fight it. When it happens on the street, women are on their own. Burt's Bees offered a non-apology. They're basically saying, we're sorry you're offended, not we're sorry we were offensive. May asked that the company should issue an apology for its non-apology and take a donation to make a donation to Hollaback or partner with the organization on a campaign to raise awareness of street harassment, which is another like question mark on this is because well, now the only way for them to be sorry is to give you money, which doesn't that seem a little self-motivated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so, like I said, there are things you, that you should be upset and slogans and wordings that people need to uh, stand up for. But to me, this right here, I, like I say, everybody's different, but this ain't the fight for me. Like, to me, this... You know, and you know what? And it's some women who who read it and laughed and thought it was cute and put that body butter on and went on about their day. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just funny, man, because is it, I think it's one of those things where every joke is offensive to somebody. Every on some joke, level, because and, every joke has some truth in it. And some of these companies want to have like a playful image and they want to joke. Um, you almost have to either stand behind that or run away from that mm-hmm. and be serious all the, the time. time because yes. even like even these people that do this the, these things man if you follow enough of them on twitter and shit you see that they do fucked up shit too yes they do so, and you know, joke like, about shit that a lot of people would, would consider not funny yeah like i watch people that went in on like uh lily allen and intersectionality and how she fucked up all day one day on twitter and by that night, they were making jokes about women who make food and take pictures of it and put it online and say, like, wifey status or something like that. They were like, oh, look at this ugly piece of food that you made. And it's like, well, isn't that just as bad as bullying some chick for wearing a bathing suit and people going, she's too fat to wear that bathing suit? Come on now. But you know, you're going, your food is not good enough for you to be able to claim any type of, uh, you know, this is going to help you get a man status or you don't know how to take a picture of your food. And it's just like, when you see that type of hypocrisy all day long, 24 seven, you do get immune to what the fuck people are talking about. Cause I know now I just see people complain about something. I go, yeah, but really in an hour you're going to be shitting on 
people Come on, for something else. In 15 minutes, you're going to be talking about eating ass and $500 dates. What, <laughs> right. what the fuck is you talking about? Right. But, um, yeah, man, I don't think they'll be able to appease certain demographics of people because the other thing is certain groups, if you make a group that is like our job is to police offensive behavior and to police like we make our money by saying this is offensive now give us money to prove that you're cool Mm -hmm. if that then you can never really be satisfied or you'll never make money nope somebody always has to be fucking up somewhere and you always have to be getting in on it or else you will be broke so it's like it's a catch-22 it's like you have to have some type of morals or credence to to like some type of integrity where i go Oh, when I read your stuff, I know that at some point you'll go and they apologize and that's fine. That's all we needed. We didn't need a check. We didn't need uh, 17 apologies in a check. We yeah. just were able to go. They fucked up. They admitted they fucked up. They're not going to do it anymore. The end. The end. The end. And, and that's the purpose of the calls when you be like, hey, the only way we can forgive you is if you associate with us. I, I began to even question what you're doing. Yeah. Like it reminds me of that, you know, when people were going in on, um, that one, I forget where it was, like feministing or whatever. They were like, oh, you guys are just co-opting black people, blah, blah, blah. And then the black people that worked there were like, I work there and they're not doing that. So it's like, you know, it's like, what about me as a black person? I Do I not count? You know? Apparently not. But it was just, it was just an interesting, interesting perspective. But yeah, they issued another apology after that to say. You'll be apologizing forever. Right. They're never going to mm-hmm. win. You have to walk away. Somebody else will fuck up sooner or later. You can move on. And these people are never coming back, by the way. We realized upon closer inspection that this particular messaging, we took the playful personality of our brand too far and didn't reflect deeply on the implications of our language. We will be reviewing all of our good packaging copy to ensure that our language truly conveys a positive message to women, which has been our intention all along. Um, personally, they should probably stop apologizing. Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't sell any more of this one and walk away because this L has already been taken. Yep. And the more you talk, the more they're going to tell you, you ain't sorry enough. Right. You And you never can be. Nope. Um, you never can be sorry enough. The only way you'd be sorry enough is go out of business. And if you go out of business, would it benefit them because you couldn't you couldn't get up with them to make a charity? Right. So I would walk away from this shit if I was y'all. You, you better. Like, just bye. Like, I, I'm I my apologize, bad, y'all. Yeah, I apologize once. That's it. Uh, another article that I thought was uh pretty interesting that happened. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of the rapper Macklemore. I don't know how you feel about him, uh, Karen. Personally, I'm kind. Of, I, I haven't really, really sat down and listened to his music. Truthfully, I'm not even gonna lie. Does that do with that hell? They played the piano at the uh, one of the award shows. Yeah, I guess I don't know, Karen. Um, there's a lot of guys with hair that play piano at award shows. <laughs> So that could be Miguel. anybody. My bad. Oh, oh, it might have been Miguel. My bad. Yeah, Mac- Mac- they all look the same. I'm sorry. Macklemore um, is a white rapper. Uh, you might know him from a couple of his songs. I think he did Thrift Shop. I have no idea. That's funny. I think you used to say that was your song. Um, let me see if I can play some for you. But um, yeah, I think Macklemore. he did. Can we go thrift shopping? What? 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 What, 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 You don't recognize this? Oh! Oh, yes, I recognize this. I never heard it from the beginning. 
Yeah, because I know a lot of people about that music, but I have no damn idea who makes it. Sorry. Okay. Return to the Mac Miller. What it is, what it does, what it is, what, what it is, is it? it? Looking for a better way to get up out of bed instead of getting on the internet and checking a new hit. Get up. All right. So, he's a white rapper. Uh, Joe Karamanika. Karamanika? Wrote an article and made it. It was in the New York Times uh, about power doses of a rapper's idiosyncratic religion macklemore and ryan lewis at theater in madison square garden and he basically goes in and says like how he is a post-black rapper he white which, though right yeah he's white okay uh which i'm i'm not really a big fan of just that terminology in general because it feels like it's used haphazardly and yes if you say someone's post-black you need to explain exactly why they are such yes yes you do um so i like like it kind of like i read a lot of this article and it kind of lost me there where i was like really is that what we want to to say about the dudes he's post-black because you don't feel he has enough uh like here it is <clears throat> Uh, there have been white rap stars before and white artists who are using rap in a pop framework, but in effect, Macklemore is the first contextually post-black pop star rapper. He is a harbinger of cultural and demographic seismic shifts long in motion. His success has taken place largely outside of traditional hip-hop ecosystem, though his songs have crept into on the hip-hop radio an acknowledgement of their ubiquity and of the diversity of the listening audience. So, my my problem with this was I don't like Macklemore that much. I think he's a mediocre rapper that, you know, he's able to couch some of his things in like some social framing as far as like, uh, you know, that he has a song about called same love. That's about like, you know, gay marriage and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the question isn't, the question shouldn't be, well, is his framing of that helping him become popular? Cause he's a white rapper. The question should be, why hasn't any rapper made a song about that until now? Mm. You know, why mm-hmm. did it take a white dude from Seattle to fucking do that? Why couldn't the thousands and thousands of black rappers and white rappers mm-hmm. and every other nationality and race of rapper and gender of rapper? Why, why are we just getting to that now? You know what I mean? That why, like, why didn't someone want to take that socially conscious stand, uh, in rap before this? You know, um, but 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 more importantly, it seems kind of funny because this article is basically saying I'm not a fan of Macklemore as a black person. And I don't think he has a majority black fan base, which almost no rapper has. Any rapper that's successful definitely doesn't have, by the way. Ain't that the truth? Like, I don't know what people believe about hip hop, but white people have always, always bought bought the records they buy they they, yeah they the one to move the units yeah black people might move the coolness barometer yeah but we don't move the dollars yeah the money normally comes from white people so um it's kind of funny that i i feel like he's labeling this guy's fan base as a religion and all that stuff 
just because he doesn't get it and i think that's very dangerous man like it's okay to not get something and it also kind of erases the blackness of his fans like the black fans that support him to say well this guy is post-black his fan you know like his fan base and all this shit oh well they're so diverse that it's almost like they're post-black like that so what are you saying about the black people that like macklemore that they don't matter right like it erases their blackness almost like it erases their like uh where's my 40 acres knew about macklemore way before Mm -hmm. most of most people that that we know that now tout the guy they've been rooting for him and been fans of this dude for For years at this point yes they have and now they don't matter you know yeah and it's also one of those things but i don't know i when you say post-racial i i'm a very stickler about the post-racial well, post-black oh post-black post-black mm-hmm. post-racial mm-hmm. post we pass black folks i'm mm-hmm. I'm tired of that because that to me that's what you say when you say that you say you know when you go post-racial post-black blackness however you want to frame it you almost say well we'll pass uh black people in their color and all that stuff and you're like no 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 but we'll, we'll, we'll never get past that point and mm-hmm. I, I don't know i just feel particular about that and it's one of the things why can't he just be a good artist for all people why why does it have to be you disregard the, the, the black fans that have been have been supporting him for years right and it's not like he's not racially or socially aware uh he raps about that shit in his songs you mm-hmm. know what i mean like is i don't know it just seems very like well i don't like this guy his fan and it's you know it happens increasingly at this point oh this guy is must be a cult or a religion because i don't like what he's doing and i think it's disrespectful to hip-hop fans and people that are fans of this dude for real that just That's like true. him you know what i mean like it, it just feels like a takedown and you know for the new york times to even post this shit is just uh beyond sickening man um all right let's let's get ready to wrap up um probably won't have time to play guest the race and all that stuff today but because we had so much to catch up on and we had had to tell y'all the fonte story yes um but uh we do have time for fucking with black people for sure uh let me see if i can play that for you fucking with them black people just fucking with them blacks we're just fucking with fucking with black people that's right guys it's time for fucking with black people the game that well we kind of invented the cope with all the sadness here we go today's article is uh about someone that got pulled over by the cops and uh it turned into a violent situation everybody so i hope you're ready for this uh it was uh, uh oh i actually i can just play this uh where's my volume at yeah all right let me just uh start this over Well, now the story of that traffic stop that spun wildly out of control. It includes a 14-year-old boy rushing an officer in order to defend his mom, officers using tasers and batons, smashing windows, and firing shots into a minivan with five kids inside. Here's News 13's Alex Goldsmith with the video that could have some cops in hot water. Alex? Dick, it was a wild scene, and it's hard to believe it all started with a simple speeding ticket. You're doing 71 back there on a 55, okay? Oriana Farrell and a state police officer are arguing over a ticket just south of Taps. I'll be right back. Go ahead and turn the vehicle off for me. But as the cop walks off, Farrell does the opposite, pulling away instead. 
so he pulls her over again. The officer isn't too happy. Get out of the vehicle. Get out of the vehicle right now. You can see the officer try to pull Farrell out while the five kids inside scream. Her 14-year-old son gets out but thinks again when the officer pulls his taser. The struggle continues. You're already facing evading charges right now. You ran away from me, okay? I didn't run away. Do you see my children? I'm not trying to do anything wrong. I'm just trying to take them to the real okay. family. Finally, Farrell agrees to get out and talk, but the conversation doesn't last long. Turn around and face your vehicle. Man, listen to me. Farrell and the cops struggle as she tries to get back into the van. While that happens, the 14-year-old gets out again. And this time, he rushes the officer, trying to defend his mom. After a short tussle, the boy runs back into the minivan. The officer tries to get him out while backup arrives. Open the door! Open the door! They're now beating the side of the car with a baton. Farrell starts what? to drive oh, off while another officer now. fires at the minivan full of kids as <gasps> young as six. Are you serious? Farrell then takes them on a four-minute high-speed chase into Taos cutting into wrong-way traffic before eventually pulling over and giving up in front of a hotel. Her 14-year-old son is arrested, and so is she. According to the Taos News, the family was from Tennessee, taking an educational road trip in New Mexico. The mom is charged with child abuse and fleeing from police, the son for attacking an officer. Back to you, Dick. All right, Alex, state police say the officers involved in the stop and the shooting are both under investigation. Their names have not been released. I don't know how you can't give this a hundred because I'm mad as fuck. <laughs> like I am legitimately upset. Uh, so that's a hundred that I feel fucked with. Um, wow. Like that, you know, it kind of, this happened while we were off and it kind of brings me back to the, like the Renisha McBride thing. Um, I don't know if you've heard about this, Karen. Um, you there? Hey. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you heard about it, but, um, but yeah, a hundred points for this shit. Uh, how can you give it any less? They literally shot at a woman's van full of children. Um, but Renisha McBride was killed. Um, I think we were off when this happened, but, um, mm -hmm. she was a 19 year old who uh, apparently, um, uh, was in a car accident. Um, she may or may not have been drinking. And I only point that out because, uh, people are making it an issue. Uh, but she needed, assistance she went to someone's uh all this is alleged of course she went to someone's porch to get help and um that person opened up their front door and shot her in the face with a shotgun through the screen door um yeah her family was not too pleased about that of course she's a black woman uh for at least a week they would and some articles still aren't doing it they won't release the name of the man who shot her. Yeah, they actually said that they have charged that dude. Yeah, they have now. Mm -hmm. But even in the article where they talked about charging him, they wouldn't say his name. Oh, I didn't know. No, because I don't know what the man's name. Right. Uh, well, this woman is obviously being, uh, she didn't have a weapon on her. She's not a burglar. She was killed uh, pretty much in cold blood or at the best irresponsibly by a gun, a gun owner who should not have done that um and the newspaper was treating him like he was a victim like he was a victim of a sexual assault or a minor that yeah, we're not going to release his his name uh the records of who owns the home are there 
the records of the you know saying what age the person who shot her was but uh they were convinced like we are not going to release the name of this man um uh, almost to protect his identity yeah and I, as a killer yeah and it's sad uh I, you should put his name out but i think that uh uh especially when you're dealing with things that are racial especially with all the shit that happened with the Trayvon Martin case, it was like, look, we don't, I, they, you still should release the person's name because you do it in every other incident. But it's one of the things where they're like, we release his name, we have to worry about his family, but you have to worry about her family, you release her information. What about what name. already happened? Yeah, somebody's dead. She already lost her life. Yes. Fuck your fucking decision. Oh, I don't want his name to get out there. Something might happen. Something already no, no, did I, happen. I'm not justifying that at all. I hope you don't think well, I'm the newspaper, the that. newspaper is. The newspaper is because they're the one. I'm not mad at you, but they are this, like that's the stance they took is uh someone killed somebody that needed assistance, that there's been no maliciousness proven on her part. And like I said, at best, at best, it's an irresponsible gun owner. Mm-hmm. OK, this wasn't a fight. This wasn't even George Zimmerman staying your ground shit. Mm there was a motherfucker who was like, I just felt threatened because you see a black person and now that means you're threatened. And, you know, it was one thing when, um, you know, it's a black man looking for help or something like that and he gets killed. Like that, that's tragic and fucked up. And I, and, you know, I even, I was like, that's, that's terrible. But even that is kind of like, well, in this society, they tell you like a black man is dangerous and, I, you know, I've made the illusion on the show, the point before every gun, every bullet in America is sold with the promise that you'll be able to shoot a nigga at some point. Just, and I don't mean, uh, I don't mean it in, as a euphemism or something nice. I mean, N-I-G-G-E-R, you'll be able to yeah. shoot a nigger at some point in their life because niggers are going to get you. They keep a, they keep gun owners paranoid. They keep Americans paranoid. Yeah, now that they do, yes. And every gun, I believe, is sold with that promise, you know, unspoken that the niggers are gonna come for you one day, and you'll be able to pull your gun out and keep them at bay. Um, and because they have this threatening status, you know, when Trayvon Martin's killed, I'm like, that's a kid. To uh, you go on, you you listen to tv shows and all of a sudden our kids ain't kids no more it's he was a grown-ass black man coming to kill this man he beat him up in a fight all 140 pounds of him and yeah I, i'm that's a whole yeah i can get on a tangent about it that's a whole issue in itself when it comes to um how uh, black children are viewed as adults at certain ages and how uh actually children of color and how our children aren't aren't allowed to make errors you aren't allowed to make mistakes you aren't allowed just to be a child you know a white child and a black child could do the same thing but 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 in, but a lot of times in the court of law that white child would be considered just a child and just a, a minute mistake and you get a some kind of misdemeanor a smack on the wrist but that black child would get the book thrown at them and it and, and, and there's too many incidents of it that's happened over and over again and you just read an article about them actually making sure that brown skin tone people purposely extend and get more time in jail so you cannot tell me that this is not a true statement so now we're getting to the point where our women aren't aren't women oh no 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 you know what i mean our women are shoot on sight at night you're brown yeah you're you know you might like that like that's what this is telling me and you see the comment section where the real America lives and you see motherfuckers being like, well, if she was drunk, I mean, isn't that her fault? Like you it see don't matter. it. 
you see people being like it's like i can't even get assistance from a fellow american mm-hmm. if something happens to me i am shoot on sight i am approaching while black is a crime yes it is in this country punishable by death immediately mm-hmm. and you wonder why i don't give a fuck about the nsa test like taping anybody and recording people's shit you motherfuckers need to be taped apparently everybody ain't shit like i wish the nsa had video of this shit so we could just stop the fucking debate you know like it's it, like everything and i don't care about the news coverage of it because by the time it does really become mainstream national news i guarantee you it'll just be the same fucking manufactured bullshit where they go and bring on two people to argue two sides of why it's okay or not okay to shoot an innocent black woman in her motherfucking face in the middle of the night without even bothering to turn on your fucking porch light like that that's what it's gonna be well she was drinking and uh we brought on uh this white dude to tell us why it's okay to shoot a nigga in the face and we brought on martin Ah. hill to tell us why it's not okay to shoot a nigga in the face and we're gonna talk about that for 10 minutes and we're gonna go to some more people and we're gonna talk about twitter and we're gonna talk about the comments it's fucked up man Mm -hmm. you know so yeah she was 19 man Yeah. The guy's name was Theodore Wafer, and you have to fucking search for that because most of the major organizations covering it still are calling him a homeowner. Uh, you know, like we gotta protect his identity. People why? might, you why people might crime. come to his home so he can shoot some more of them. Maybe they are trying to protect everybody else. You might come to his home and he'll shoot you in the face. Try to keep everybody else alive. But, um, I, I like in, in, in this summer, we talked about it on the show. I we had some white chicks show up at our door knocking on the fucking patio door at 4 a.m. You know what I did? I pulled my shotgun out. I walked outside. And I shot her in the motherfucking face because that's right. That's reasonable. No, nigga. No, we, I we called the police. No black guy who tips because your ass it been a black guy in jail. Right. I called the police because they are trained to deal with this kind of shit like any reasonable motherfucker would. I called the police. And I just, and now she was black. She probably would have been killed too. But still, I didn't know what race the person was. Didn't even look out the door. I just I knew somebody care. was knocking on the door. Sleep. And I know that, you know, people go on Twitter and, that, and I'm not going to pretend to be He-Man or some shit. Like I would have walked outside and said, is everything okay? I'm not going to pretend. I know I've heard the stories. I've heard about the setups. Like, oh, they make it seem like they're helping you getting robbed. But you can still call the cops. They're trained to deal with this shit. You know, it shouldn't be a death sentence. And you, but you, what you don't do is get your gun and haphazardly shoot into the motherfucking night, you know. And, and I don't think there's any justification for it, and I don't want to hear one. So uh, you know, it, th- like this is the shit that this kind of shit is why I was like, take me off this email list and shit like that with my mm-hmm. white friends because I don't want to debate this with you. I don't want to see what the two nuanced sides are. All I know is another black person lost their life innocently needing assistance when is this shit gonna stop so i i don't man like i remember when this story first broke i saw it and i said i don't want to read this shit yeah i did because there's not enough detail and it's very early and i just i'm hoping against hope like isn't it bad it's so bad at this point i was hoping she did something that's how fucked up it was i was like maybe she'll have a gun like maybe maybe they were gonna rob him like can it can it be for a reason this time please white america can you have killed a nigga for a reason as opposed to for no reason again 
because it's getting a little redundant the whole killing black people for no reason it's getting a little out there oh great it was for no reason well now let's go look at the comments right because well, she was drinking and she got in a wreck obviously she started to get killed i mean i don't understand what the problem is you know oh the media is making this a race thing the media not the people that that got shot not 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 oh. the, not the not the white dude that shot the the, the, the black woman asking for help no it's a race thing because the media made it yeah okay fuck you um yeah and there's 458 comments on this shit on this oh, article and i don't even want to read them no, i don't even want to read them because not because it's a lot but because i know that half of them are like if a woman is running up and she's an imminent threat then it's a lawful defense to kill yeah. somebody uh and i don't see what this has to do with race at all you know i don't want to hear it dog yeah. stop making excuses for well, this racist bullshit is it literally is costing people's lives so you can debate on your facebook page with, with the shit you know anyway that music means it's time to go Ugh! sorry to end on a down note but uh i'm mad um and i didn't want to read this for fucking with black people because it's not it, you took somebody's life there's nothing funny about that um uh we'll be back tomorrow at seven instead of nine yeah because i got to see the panthers play fuck y'all because mm-hmm, karen wants to see the panthers play on monday night football mm-hmm. go cam newton fuck tom brady uh, i believe everybody that listens to blackout tip his team fuck tom brady so uh <laughs> if you're not uh i didn't want to tell you guys this but i put it in the small print of the agreement when you download the show but <laughs> your, your team fuck tom brady you didn't know you didn't know that yeah. you didn't know that's what you were liking Sh- shouldn't have been so lazy guys uh all right man we'll see you guys uh tomorrow uh until then love you you too baby Mwah.